everybody, and Mecca Lecca Hi, Mecca Heine Ho to ah, Video Game Apocalypse episode five hundred thirty nine. That was mine too. That was all <laughs> of our intro. Wait, really? It was all three of our intros. Oh. <laughs> well, you have to think a better one because I'm your oh. host, Michael oh. Raparez. Coming to you from the Chris Baker Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you wanted she to be bake. the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. And while you're on the web, why not go to Amazon and check out Chris Baker's upcoming book? Yeah, what is it? X-Wings, Lightsabers, and Scorpion Vader. Uh, yes. Deep dive into Star Wars video games and superhero.vg on YouTube. Not only something I find entertaining, I use as a source of information for things I talk about on this show. Who's so, taking over thanks. my intro? <laughs> me! Because you weren't going to plug the rest of the URLs. That's true. Um, I didn't have them in front of me. Uh, who's, who's me? <laughs> I think it's it, it's not in your nature. I'm a survivor, and I'm Chris Antista. And? Oh, man, this is not as good as my original. A Day Without <laughs> Mech? Ikins, Matthew Allen, I don't know. It's a movie I, title, hope our, right? I hope our guest just screams Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. special guest. You guys ready? I got one. Okay. I got one, fellas. Go for it. Armored Moore. Oh! <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, that's good. Greg Moore, thank you for joining Greg us. Greg Moore, sorry, yes. <laughs> Greg Moore, Lacquerware, Lacquer Leaks. Give it, give it all to us. All the above. Yeah, I've been on a <laughs> streaming hiatus all summer, touching grass and getting back in touch with uh, myself. And my grass. <laughs> I'm, mu- I'm a musician again after giving yeah. up for years. Um, Great musician. Cool. What what kind of music? Oh, thank you. It's like singer songwriter stuff. Oh, just okay. that I like I beat up a guitar and I and I and I sing really loud. It's like Bob Dylan, but without the talent part, you know, that's, he's got, oh, thank you. No, he's good. Actually, I, I have watched a few songs Greg's posted on social right. media. No, it's, social it, media. Greg is exactly like Bob Dylan, except all of his music, pro war. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Come you masses of war. That's and, it. And, that's and, the lyrics. Just come on, guys. Can, and, and let me just say right off the bat to like, Save your tweets and your emails. I am recording like immediately after being hit, hit by a hurricane directly. I'm fine. Everyone I know is fine. The whole town is fine. The coast seems a little fucked, but no worries. It, it, increase your patronage if you like. That'd be great. But uh, but, but that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> about. I'm just trying to explain. Like I am on my mother's laptop with a lot of weird pop-ups for things I can't seem to get rid of. I am in my childhood home. I have never recorded from here. Uh, there's a blackout at my house. My cat is scared, and it is hot. Uh, so, Hurricane Adalia, fuck you. Uh, it's been a goddamn day, and we'll probably make 30 2010 week late, too. Yeah, so, you, you did rescue a dog, though. That's, that's I rescued funny. a dog today, yes. During a hurricane, I'm not going to lie, it was harrowing. I did... Door to door, knocking on doors. Like, is this your dog? Do you know where this dog lives? This dog doesn't have any fucking tags. You're supposed to fucking tag on your dog. And to make matters worse, I was evacuated at 9 a.m. because there was a gas leak. So you remember the third act of E.T. where there's a bunch of white guys like clothed in hazmat suits? Mm-hmm. That's what my street looked like. Like, get out of here. And like, what about my cat? And like, take her or leave her. Like, I don't care. You need to get out of here right now. So when I drove back... During the storm, my cat was in the car for like the fourth time in history and with a 
giant black Labrador. <laughs> Jesus. And, and so, like, I was like, all right, I went door to door. I'm like, I got to get my cat the fuck out of here. And I drove the cat. I drove back to my house, put the cat up. And I'm like, fuck, I knocked on all these doors. Now I have to go to, like, Kinko's and print out goddamn flyers or take this thing to the animal. I, I was going to do the flyers thing first. I don't want to take it directly to animal control. And thank God, in the storm, right when I was backing out of the driveway, three desperate people, wet and screaming, I'm like, it's them. The dog owners are sprinting towards me. Oh, thank God. Um, And and so it was only like a 20-minute ordeal. And I just want to say to dog owners, wet dog in my car for 15 minutes? Smells like shit and is disgusting. doesn't seem to be yeah, leaving. Disgusting. Oh my god, he made a giant mess. <laughs> there's a reason. There's a reason that's a description of something smelling like wet dog. Because boy, mm-hmm. you don't forget that smell. Once you it's smell awful. It. I'm not used to it and I hate it. Uh, I'm it Jerry Seinfeld now. It still smells. It still <laughs> smells. Did the, did the dog and cat get along? Did they make friends? Oh great! Well, they kicked the Chris out of the was... car and they had like a bit of a tune sis moment. You know, these <laughs> cats just driving the car. Because <laughs> he's during a hurricane. Sis. I, I just figured out the, the way I want to die. Thank you, man. Um, <laughs> no, the dog was very hyper and curious, and the cat had had been ter- the cat has been traumatized all day. So I wish nothing more than my power would come back on, and I can sleep in my bed. And that doesn't seem likely, but the show must go. <laughs> it's too important. Um, let's not pretend I did anything better to do. The storm has subsided. Weather's fine. I still have no power. I don't have a lot to do. I don't want to one-up you on this show or anything, but you guys did see the alert I sent you a few weekends ago where literally in a car on the way to the airport in the middle of a storm in L.A. that was basically a hurricane alert... And then an earthquake, earthquake. hit, and right. I so I had right above the other, it's like, duck and cover, take shelter, earthquake, <laughs> right over on the iPhone, the alert for my hurricane, and I'm like, guys, we're having a hurricane? Like, I don't know what to say about this. Like, oh, and, and thank you, Maddie. I'm happy to report that a hundred-year-old tree hit Ron DeSantis's mansion. That was good. Yeah. That was <clears throat> karma. I, I mean, I saw the thing where he was, like, trying to do the governor thing, and, like, we're going to help these people, and just... Getting booed after the shooting victims. It's like, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, yeah, man. Hey, I don't think your campaign's going well, sir. You may want to consider dropping out. You ever wonder why he only talks to friendly people? Because most people aren't. Majority of Americans are not friendly to Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Would you be? Come on. No, no. He's no. a weirdo fucking, like, like, cra- like. Weirdo Coke Zero Nazi. Why would you like that guy? <laughs> anyway. Right, this is not Vigigama politics. It's I am Apocalypse. Ah. Did my mom just walk by the... Yeah. What are you doing? I thought it was a okay. ghost for a second. Jesus. No, it was not a ghost. My actual mother. <laughs> Leave this in. Um, uh, they can't see. You're waving, not waving at the camera. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. This is the first for podcasts. Dog and a cat living together. In, okay. This is her, her room. Fair enough. Um, can you please shut the door on your way out? What a special tree. Lock it. This is wow. And, and never come this back is history. Again. <laughs> she just hit him. You just hit him. How am I supposed? Hold on. Let's break kayfabe. How am I supposed to be my dipshit persona in front of my mother? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. He just came in to look at your screen, make sure you weren't on any dirty websites. Oh. I mean, as opposed to the website she's on that constantly steal her identity. 
Um, <laughs> she's not here while I'm making these jokes. Um, anyway. uh, so, but what I did do is I knew the hurricane. We knew the hurricane was coming, and I've never had to like front load games and game research for the show. We're like, oh, it's Sunday night. I probably won't be able to do this by the time we record the show. So I played a bunch of the games. And yeah, really, there's a there's, a, there's so a many new releases, releases I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff to talk about. It's a big week. Because guess what? Armored Core came back after roughly what an eleven-year absence. I think. Yeah. What was the last one? Four answer. And no, no, no. no. There's, there's Verdict Day, right? Y- yes, Greg. Sure. <laughs> I think was it? Yes. Because like, four answer is from the four series. I think there was a spinoff or something in between there, maybe a mobile game, but it has been a clean, at least a clean decade in between the last Armored Core release, new release. Yeah. yeah. Not, what not platform like a, was that on? Was this a PS2 deal? It probably would have been PS3. Three. Yeah. Um, PS3 20, so 20, I, I can't stand this sounding this much like idiots. So yeah, Armored Core 5 and Armored Core Verdict Day. Uh, Armored Core 5 released on uh, January 26, 2012. And Verdict Day came out in 2013. So yeah, it's, I, it's been roughly a decade. I did the research before I lost power. It's a clean decade. And Michael, don't worry. If we sound like idiots, it's only to Armored Core weirdos, so it doesn't on, count. On, on, People on thir- keep track of the Armored Core series. On 302010 last week, we celebrated the anniversary of F-Zero GX, the last F-Zero game, 20 years ago. And I kind of marked it as like 20 years <laughs> is a, a long time for a game to be dead and be resurrected. 10 years in the games industry, not as much. And Armored Core was a series that... Dude, I didn't know a single human who ever touched those games. Even Michael. No. <laughs> I think we had one coworker at Games Radar who was into Armored Core. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it never hit huge in America, and I just I love that clout. I, I'm trying to think of the, the a film example, like maybe like a a Sam Raimi, like a, yeah. I just made a billion dollars at the box office, and I'm going to make more Evil Dead, like the fuck you yeah. of like we're not making Elden Ring two. We are making arm we're. We want to go back to the series that we all in this company love from Software's Armored Core. And I played one for the first time this week, and I have a lot of things to say about it in the next segment. All right. Believe well, me, the irony is not lost to me that the fact that the franchise is called Armored Core and it's such an impenetrable series. Like, yes. It's always yeah. been really tough to understand. <laughs> it's not just core. Not just hardcore. Armored core. Armored core. <laughs> Armored core. <laughs> uh, so, yes, you had the idea, Chris, because this has come back after such a long absence. What are some other mech series that have had very long absences that are due for a comeback? Uh, yeah, it, it was sort of like if I asked my mother to come back in here. Jesus, mm-hmm. that was awful. <laughs> uh, and draw what video games look like not being a game player. I feel like she'd draw a mech, and yet that is kind of a sub-sub sub-genre in video games and not a hugely popular one. Even though it's one of the only area avenues you could ex- you could be your own robot jock. <laughs> yeah. Expected there more was to laugh on the robot mech games over the years. Yeah, no, I, did, yeah. I mean, we, we, we weren't starving for options with this top five. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, there's so yeah, many yeah, but like, series out yeah. there. They, they never reached like full mainstream popularity. That's what I think is weird because like this is something you'll never do anywhere else. How is this not more popular in games? Next year, we took out Gundam because Gundam overwhelmingly re- represents the most 
the majority of most mech game releases. There's like eight new Gundam games out yeah. every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you would think you would think there'd be more people aping that, and it's just weird that there isn't. Not even in it's Japan. like Warhammer 40k games at this point. We can't keep track. Like it, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. like that, just so many releases. No, that were, that were, yeah, but, were, but, but that's how mech stuff felt for a while. And to be honest, it was hard to differentiate. Like if you ask me to identify a picture of an Armored Core game versus Mech Assault or something on Xbox, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart because there were so <laughs> many mech games at, at one point. Yeah, but it is and... weird that they have gone out of fashion. You know? on, the, on the flip side, uh, I understood how to play Armored Core because I had played mech games from other series and companies. Because mm. the fundamentals are pretty similar. The skating, yes. uh, the, like, the, the overwhelming reliance on shoulder buttons, which is always oh a little Every, hard for me. Everything mapped to the shoulder. I do want to ask a question, not being a nerd, I wouldn't know this... Is this is the same <laughs> true of anime? Because mech mech stuff at one time was like dominated the anime charts. Like that was most hmm. anime. Mm -hmm. Is the mech stuff has it lost its prevalence? Maybe maybe we're explaining why it's lost its prevalence That's with games. That's a great like, question. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really not, but I I would suspect I I think they still make that stuff. I feel like there's always a Gundam series yeah. out. Although, it? They're Although always I, building a more life size Gundam in Japan. <laughs> Yeah, I'm no yeah. great evergreen. modern anime fan, but at the same time, like, yeah, I, I haven't actually heard of or seen a lot of mech anime recently that, you know, hasn't been something like Gundam or, you know, a well-established series. I think probably part of it with games is that they were more attracted to it in the early days of 3D when it was mm -hmm. easy to make a boxy robot yeah. <laughs> as opposed to... Wow. Uh, a human. I think you're correct on that. I think it was the most impressive time to do that was PS1. And it's yeah, even when I play the new Armored Core, Armored I'm just like, started. does this look good? The frame rate's fine. Like, uh, mechs kind of have looked good for 20 years. Like, it's not that impressive to be that character, to play that character. You might and, argue we had a bit of a resurgence in the mech genre when. A certain technology uh, kind of came to prominence a few years ago, VR. Because mm -hmm. VR mm -hmm. games made for the perfect kind of mech, ex anything in a cockpit, right? It's like, right, hey, this right. is perfect for VR because people aren't going to get sick doing this. And there were a few mech games that came about because of that, but then those came and went as well. Hmm. I still can't believe my mother walked in on this podcast. I'm sorry, <laughs> I will get over this, I promise. Eventually. But yeah, we begin every episode, more or less. With the top five, and uh, so let's get into this week's... We didn't say what it was. Oh, didn't <laughs> with, we? With so the top five. It is mecha series that have been dormant or dead for a while and deserve a comeback, deserve a new game. Armored Core was gone for about a decade. Most of these have been gone for longer than that. Really? Yeah, well, this one certainly has. Number five. Now, you insisted on this one, and this, this one has been gone the longest. And you can hear it. You can I, I, hear I how long like, it's been gone. I feel like it's a cheat to have this on here, but I'm glad we did. And, and Greg, Greg, I think it's with it's your show. It's, yeah, I mean... It's not a yeah. series. It's a standalone game that yeah. came out, was published by IREM, and did not do so well, despite being one of the more technically impressive games it, on the it's, NES. It's a hyper-late stage NES game, though, right? Mm -hmm. It was it's like 1991. I, so, yeah, so it's it's released the same year as the Super Nintendo. So it 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 didn't like it was hard 
well, they're promoting the Super Nintendo to like make this look good, but it is one of the best looking NES games that exist. Yeah, beautifully animated. Uh, when you die, you get this cool explosion effect that looks like oh. it came right out of Macross. It's the coolest death animation on the NES. Period. Yes, that explosion is amazing, and like you never, I never uh-huh. considered frame rate on the NES until the deaths in Metal Storm. Metal Storm. Metal yeah. Storm. I'm well, saying the like, name. Everything just moves really smoothly. The mech just is is beautifully animated. Like I did not know NES games could have this many frames of animation in a single sprite. And the the entire thing revolves around one really cool gimmick. So that sproing noise is your mech can reverse gravity. When you get that sproing, you're you're flipping up to either stand upside down on the top or right side up on the bottom. And there's a bunch of puzzles that require you to to solve them using this. Things get really strange and inventive where you get like stages yeah. that scroll in multiple directions and you kind of have to keep switching your orientation constantly to either avoid enemies or get to platforms that you can't reach otherwise. And, and I would go as far to say the difficulty on this feels more Super Nintendo because like the NES is kind of paved with arcade games who want you to die in one hit and uh, this game is so like console centric and enjoyable and it it feels easy compared to other things. I mean you still will die in one hit unless you like find special power ups. It's true but like the some of like many of the puzzles in the game don't involve interacting with enemies. They're different. They're thinking outside the... Because most NES games are like, run right, don't get hit. Mm -hmm. This game has a ton of stuff that's not that. Uh, How do you figure things out when you're upside down? Mm -hmm. You're in a a giant box that's scrolling around, and you're confined in the box, and enemies will spawn inside and outside of the box, or... Yeah, stuff like that. There's a level that scrolls not only (laughs) sideways, but it it loops up and down. So if this had been done on the Super Nintendo, I'm sure they would have had some like cool Mode 7 Castlevania style, you know, barrel effect. As far as NES games go, I'm like, this looks amazing. This plays amazing. And I finished it so quickly when I first found it because I got got a cartridge. It was one of the last Nintendo Power Fold-In posters, Mm -hmm. I think, of the NES era. Mm. It was just a very memorable Nintendo Power cover that this got, which might be yeah. the most marketing it got, period. Yeah, be- mm-hmm. because it is... It, it, that's why I wanted to highlight it, because it's, it, it, the cheat is that it's not a series. Mm-hmm. But it deserves to be one, and if IREM was a company that <laughs> could do anything like that these days... <laughs> but, but still like, around, uh, even? Uh, I think they're still... Yeah. I, I, last I checked, they were still around, but... um. Uh, but but it's more that like I think Metal Storm is the best NES game that most NES fans have never played. It's it's not even rare; you can still find it for a song. But uh, it, it came out so late in the, the console's history, it got lost. Like you know, Darkwing Duck, Little Samson, it, it just disappeared in the face of Super Nintendo stuff. So yeah. Yeah, one of those Metal things. Metal Storm that deserves a shout out. If if you're used to playing Nintendo games and you see it, it's kind of amazing. Like I didn't know the NES could do this. The problem is, by the time it came out, uh, people had already moved on to things that yep. could do much better things than it could do. So that you know, 
Like, oh, the best PS2 game when you're buying a PS3 is not that impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm yeah. glad you guys put this on here because it kind of... There's almost a subgenre. It's a related genre to mech games. I was wondering if we were getting any entries. Like, this... This is kind of... There's a lot of shmups that kind of... You could classify some of the main vehicles as kind of mech-like. You know, mm. side-scrolling where you're a lot of the time retrofitting your ships with, like, power-ons. Or some of them would have ships that transformed. I don't... I think this is the closest we have to that on this list of like but it is weird like we when we think of mech games we do tend to think of like 3d first person in the cockpit but it's like yeah but there were a lot of shmups back in the day that like you were kind of piloting a mech you know and that that was the fiction it was like a sci- sci-fi game you know and and iron made like games like r-type that were very much that yeah 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 they were they were already good at this genre but like man irem's I, I, Irem, Irem was a mark of quality. They, all their games are very, very good up to Super Nintendo. And I never, I don't know anything they did after that, after Super Nintendo. You know, they were founded by the same guy as Capcom. Really? I didn't want to mention it because, like, uh, yeah. I remember, maybe I shouldn't say this and Greg can tell me later, like, uh, trying to dig into the history of Capcom and, like, and Irem happened. And then there are four years where there's no information. <laughs> and Capcom formed out of everyone from IREM. And it sounds very, what would you call it, mutinous or shady? <laughs> that, that, like, everyone from Capcom may have left IREM. And, and it, I, Greg and I worked at the company, and I couldn't get anyone to talk about it. Anyone. <laughs> How hard um, to try well, like, there weren't a lot of people left that I have a- had access to, first of all. Yeah. But, like, I think that's, in my opinion, that's that's a gap for game historians to discover. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. I, I also <laughs> feel extremely ugly American saying it IREM. Greg, would it be IREM? Does it matter? No, it's. Uh, I think it is IREM. Oh, okay. I, I, I Thank think God. It's actually... I, I, I think for a while the R was capitalized. Ah. Yeah. I, I love playing games from IREM. Yeah. No, I think that's actually correct. Okay. I ain't sending uh, no troops to IREM. <laughs> but, uh, it's actually pronounced I-R-E-M. It's when R-E-M uh, briefly went like an Apple digital phase. You know, they tried. <laughs> I'm losing my cubicle. <laughs> Speaking of which, Brunston had the Metal Storm poster that you were talking about uh, yeah. on yeah, his cubicle wall did, yeah. the whole time that he worked there. Yeah, I think I think if, if Elston were here, he would agree too. This is one of the best NES games most people have never touched because it oh, yeah. w- released in a very bad. Yeah. I, I really kind of learned about it from him. Uh, he's the only reason I've ever played it at all. So yeah, like ba- back like when I first got my license, I could only afford like gas and McDonald's d- double cheeseburger and to buy NES games in '96. So like I just went through the whole catalog trying to keep playing games and the best way to do that was these nes games people were throwing away and i remember that's how i discovered discovered metal storm and uh it was well it was well after the nes's heyday right into the ps1 sega saturn era and i still thought it like this might be like in 1995 the best game i played all year uh metal storm is great great top to bottom I feel like maybe the takeaway from that game is that it usually pays to be a late adopter to the new consoles because yeah. it sort of becomes a golden age for the previous generation of hardware because they've 
learned to get the most out of it that they're ever going to get and usually launch lineups aren't yeah. super awesome anyway and the console is it's hard to emulate and like i mean i don't know gonna be. you see that news story this week of like wipeout is has been made browser playable like i hope that makes our younger listeners feel a little old <laughs> like you can, you can play that in chrome with the you music <laughs> oh god uh wipeout all right. Well, I'm feeling too old, so we should probably move on to... Number four. Over there is the simulator room. You'll spend at least eight weeks in there before you can hop into the real thing. What? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Sir, are you all right? Damn it. My leg. Oh. <laughs> is the VT in the hangar operation? I got an arrow what through it. <laughs> what are you planning? I'll pilot it. Hold them off, sir. Uh, no! That's insane. You don't have the qualification to pilot a BT. Uh, let alone an experience with it. I think I can do it looking at the manual, sir. Trust me. No! Wait! Uh, one the common theme you might notice in a lot of mech games is that mechs are super easy to pilot. People fall into them by accident all the time. Okay. And yeah. then they become the best pilots in the galaxy literally overnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somehow the the mech they were made for each other. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It just immediately it's like Mozart touching a piano for the or a harpsichord <laughs> for the first time. He just Im- immediate affinity. I think you just you explained all of Evangelion. Shinji, you're a coward and you're gay. Save the world. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we pushed a 14 year old in. He's supposed to do the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate you. Please help us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just the I, I birds don't know and what the game this is, because like you said, that's the beginning of too uh, many. I'll give you a game. hint. It has a massive controller with 44 different inputs. <laughs> oh, is this uh, Steel Battalion? This is Steel Battalion. It's, yeah. It, 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 as the pedant here, it's pronounced Battle Lion. Hmm. It, that's I how don't it's believe you. I do not. Ask I... This is a game that I never got to play because I wasn't a rich kid. But this is—I I craved yeah. this game. I don't know so that rich kids is... could afford this. Like it was a matter of trying to find the controller. <laughs> it was original Xbox, right? And I think it yeah. was yeah. two hundred yeah. all-in controller two, plus it was, game. I think it was two. I think it was two fifty. That Man, sounds wow. right. Uh, of like right. of like two thousand two money. Like that's, that is not fucking around. That's roughly the, the cost of an Xbox. Three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Xbox yeah. was I think three hundred and. Um, I just I looked at this. I'm like, I cannot justify that. And I've never been like a. I feel like this was made for like the ho- the Hotas dads who yeah. are like out there, like, hey, the, I'm the, doing my flight sim. The Gronyards, and... the guys who want like so, an ultra realistic sim with like no frills or personality. Like, no, I just want big green robots yeah. stomping around, no talking. Yeah. So this was a, a very magical time in gaming because, first of all, Capcom. I guess games cost just enough uh, to make that, like, it wasn't, like, you could be really experimental, and, yeah. it, like, if, if it wasn't a hit, it was no big deal. So Capcom was just churning out all kinds of cool, weird projects. Hmm. But also... Look, look, look at that, that Fighter's Edge period where, like, yeah, the world needs <laughs> a new fighting game every month. Subscribe. Yes. <laughs> what, so wait, what year was the original Steel Battalion? It was 2002. Oh, so I yeah, that, I mean, this is yeah. like Devil May Cry era, um, and you know, lots of other random projects from Capcom. But also, the Xbox itself was like wildly unpopular in Japan, and so I guess 
the, wow. the approach just became like, let's just make a bunch of weird experimental stuff for the yeah. five people that bought one but, here. But it blows my mind that the one of the reasons the Xbox was was so wildly unpopular was because like physically twice the size of a yeah. PS2. <laughs> it was huge. It had and, breakaway and so, cords in so Japan because it had, it had like don't kill your pet with the Xbox and yeah. you pull it off the shelf. <laughs> like there was they a, had to have their own controller for smaller hands yeah. compared to the U.S. <laughs> controller, the Duke. There were comments saying in Japan that's not a video game console, that's a coffee table. And so what do they do? <laughs> they release a huge fucking controller for it. I'm looking at this thing now. It is like two full sized flight sticks connected to a center panel with three foot pedals. Like, it's yeah. oh, you got one. I would play this game my TV. Nice. to this day. I would, it's not, I would it's play not this as big as day. it looked in that other picture. It's... I got, I, I'm borrowing it from Capcom ah. since, <laughs> since, uh, since the I last mean, deal. How many quotes that, uh, around that borrowing? <laughs> I, I'm, glad, I'm glad Greg mentioned that because I also, and I don't have any evidence for this. Um, Capcom's money uh, pre-2002 was... I don't want to say half and half, but like was arcade based and arcade money was going away. So it seems mm. also, I don't know, reliable to think that like this probably was supposed to be an arcade game. It feels yeah. like it. Yeah. I mean, and, I don't know if it. Or did you have an entire arcade mm. division who they need to figure out how to transfer, yes. like basically to transfer their work to console? Like, hey, yes. we need you guys to learn how to make games for console. This is a half step on the way. Yeah, or or yeah. even that, like we have this fucking Sanwa button contract that we have to fulfill, uh-huh. and we're not making enough <laughs> arcade games. I'm not kidding. Like I'm pretty sure that's that's why this exists. It has something to do huh. with the waning days of arcades, uh, because because like there's that there's, actually makes sense. <laughs> there's literally no model that this works in at all. It just seems Speaking... like write it off. Like this this is our arcade division thing. Write it, it off. Speaking of the waning days of arcade, this is the reason I, I wanted this thing, and I haven't been able to do either, and I think, Michael, you did one of these. This is the closest we could ever get to Battletech centers. For those of us ah, who never yeah. went to an actual Battletech center, which was, kids, if you never knew what these were, I, you won't believe me when I tell you, it was like a flight sim, like you go to the mall for those flight sim things, but it was like a, a giant video game you got inside and controlled a giant mech in this game that was like, it was like 20 bucks, right, Michael, to try it? It was not yeah, cheap. I, I know like, who's like, ever so done it. Five or ten, something like that. I, I mean, yeah, I, I did it. Like, I, my dad went to Chicago for the World Cup. I went along with him purely because I wanted to go to the Battletech Center. And, yeah, that I, I like, ended up spending the whole day there. And wow. it was fantastic. But, like, this was early 90s, and they had, like, you know, this game was polygonal. It was networked. And really, it was just like, you know, mechs running around a big open field and shooting at each other. But that was super fucking awesome. And Because yeah, you were in yeah. a giant cockpit with mm-hmm. a thousand switches, which yep, they like, wouldn't yeah. teach you how to use all those it, switches, right? It like would, yeah, it would. Well, the thing is, like, you could play at different levels. I don't think I ever played, like, with all the switches because they're like, yeah, you should really know what you're doing if you try to use those. But you, we can turn it on so you're just using, like, the joystick and the throttle but you don't have to worry about any of the superfluous stuff. But it was such a cool experience because it was like, you know, it was like a full-on cockpit you would climb into and then it had a canopy you would close over yourself. So you're totally enclosed. And yeah, it was just a fantastic experience. And I've seen people like try to 
rehabilitates like oh i found these two battle tech pods and uh they're in my garage wow. now and like, yeah like totally old <laughs> uh I, <laughs> they run I on mean, like you know like, early 90s mac hardware motorola uh, chips or something i greg is the is the controller usb based no i i don't uh, yeah no. I, I was gonna X, say X, like so. getting USB. stuck with something that big and then it can only be used with an original xbox like how many people can have get those? a dongle? I'm oh, okay. sure there are adapters by by now. Because yeah, there sure. is there is like a, a scene for this to this day. They found right. like, like someone's I, created I, a server. I, I was telling Michael earlier. I I did. I worked in the game industry industry and at Capcom. I didn't play this until some glorious dipshit brought it to PAX, <laughs> and, <Wow. laughs> and that was the only time I ever touched it. There wasn't one in the Capcom office. There wasn't one in the future office. Um, I just remember this got oh, no, so were... much coverage and hype until the game actually released, and people were like, eh, it's actually kind of a clunky game. Like, it's the game really itself isn't hard. that fun. Yeah, it's super difficult and hard. Well, which, duh, you have like a 44 button controller. Of course, it's fucking and, and hard. I, I, <laughs> but I love that the clunkiness is like re- designed into the game. Like, when you climb into the cockpit, uh, like, there, there's this, this screen that swings down, and you get like this lengthy startup sequence. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not done. Oh. News. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about the new Armored Core. There's so many airplane noises. But yeah, they're, they're all about wow. building that fantasy of the clunky-ass mech. Yeah. You also had the eject button that if you didn't push, you would it would like delete your save file or something like that. <laughs> oh shit! Right, and a, a dedicated windshield wiper button. Right. Wow, that's necessary. Which, the, which like it does reek of like yeah, we had a lot of spare buttons because of a contract. <laughs> <laughs> At this, I remember the the like the PR line Atsushi Inaba who uh, went on to be a producer for Platinum or mm. I guess one of the co-founders. He had said something about how, like, we just want to show what you can do with the gaming medium. And I totally ate that up. And I was like, yeah, you show yeah. them. Yeah. But I, I still kind of do. I, I, I still sort of do. But, like, I, I honestly never, like, I don't have the racing wheel fantasy of playing car racing games like that. Mm-hmm. And I love mech games even less. So, like, the $250 controller, I just... I mean, I, I would love to have one, but I would I, I did not seek it, this out in any way. But it does, yeah, it does feel like they were trying to show people whether it was because they needed to honor some contract with an arcade manufacturer or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. that they were trying to show, like, look, you can do the arcade experience at home. Uh, and, it, you know, in, in Japan, it's a big part of the arcades. The, they call them Taikon games. It's like mm-hmm. uh, experiential games mm-hmm, where you mm-hmm. like you have a physical component um yep. like the you know right, motorcycles yeah. you run. so like but yeah I, I mean maybe the logic was if you have the space for one of these gargantuan xboxes then surely you have the space for a gargantuan. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah this got this got one sequel that used the controller line of contact oh that came out in 04 but then of course the one that we mostly remember is that like it seemed like capcom said you know what that was too many buttons we need to do a game with no buttons. And yeah, so they, they they put this thing out. 
Now, as you can see, I'll be your right loader. And ain't no cat faster on the 90 mil. <laughs> Spoken like a true FNG. Hey, yo, I may be new, but I know my shit, all right? Partner, you just worry about shoot. I'll worry about load. Hey, well, I'll be your subcom. That makes me your right-hand man. Basically, any radio traffic we get, well, it goes through me. It's a figure of speech. Yeah, the dialogue. I remember the dialogue in this game not being great. But yeah, uh, so Steel Battalion, which I, I'll, I'll be honest, I avoided that this one. for a long time because I was told like it's just a tank simulator. Like, well, fuck that. I want a mech game, and no, it is absolutely a mech game. But they give you a crew, and you control it with Connect, which. Who who wanted to yeah. go from massive controller to I'm gonna wave my arms around? I'll Here's tell you the who. problem. I'll tell you who. Last week's guest, Dave Rudden. Mm. If you if you go to the Metacritic, <laughs> he is the only he is double the lowest the highest score <laughs> of this game and changed its Metacritic because we found out later Dave lives in the ultimate Connect environment. Oh, like where <laughs> every Connect game is worth it. Even still, here's the f main problem with this game, is that the whole thing with Steel Battalion is we're going to make this really extravagant thing so that you feel physically every action that you're doing in the game. Like, you're literally doing every single mm. thing in real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And and there was an opportunity with the Kinect to innovate with a new, like, futuristic control interface that could have been something yeah. like the minority report uh mm -hmm. stuff you know where it's like all right. gesture based but instead they're like you got your gesture back. it it should be it should be pantomiming and so yeah. like this it's like this old-fashioned like world war ii tank style thing where it's all like crank and pulley powered right. so you're just pantomiming like pulling levers that aren't there so you're constantly made aware of the fact that the, like it's all these there. parts are yeah. not there in your hand. I, I'm jerking off two ghosts <laughs> all the time. That's that's always been the problem. Like we had this. We all remember Wii Music, and now it's like, oh, part of the fun of these music rhythm games is the tactile thing with the guitar. When you take mm -hmm. that out of my hands, this kind of sucks. Yeah. And it's like, but to answer your question, to, to, in a short way, Michael, the kind of person who believed this should have been made for Connect is the kind of person who made the original who thinks the controller is the game. Like, they, they basically mm. mistook the gimmick for the game. And it's like, it's a cool gimmick. But if it's not a good game, it's not going to support, you know, have any, yeah. any legs. I know. feel like it was worth another shot. But I think what you're seeing here is, like, Microsoft probably put a ton of money behind this franchise. When Probably. no one, yeah. everyone Hell in Japan yeah. didn't want an, an original Xbox, and when everyone in Japan didn't want a 360 or a Kinect, for that matter, here was Steel Battle Lion, which is how it's pronounced. I've been to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's notable that this series was also developed by From Software, and is was it like yeah and it's all like they they have like two or three other mecha series also. because the the listed developer that pops up during the opening splash screens is nude maker <laughs> nude maker was it not Wait, marker that, it's spelled is it just, exactly how it sounds is it just heavy armor that was made by fromsoft yes heavy armor yes, heavy armor was. was made by from uh, the I showed you my baffling. dick. Send nude makers. Yeah, the others were made by Capcom Production Studio Four and Nude Maker. 
Gotcha. <laughs> well, there's your problem. It's like Look the your dev pornographic no parody of the Wind Waker, the nude maker. What's your problem? You got a nude Laura Croft stuck in your, <laughs> stuck in your Bob So Rain. this was like the same year as Dark Souls, wasn't it? Or like the year after they made the Steel Battalion Connect game? Yeah, 2012. Wow. 2012. So yeah, that's only 11 years old. I th- thought it was older than that for some reason. but You wow. know there was someone at that studio that was like, look, it's between Kingsfield, Dark Souls... Or this Connect game, and some of the studios like it's the Connect game. That's gonna make us fucking mm-hmm. millions. Fuck these other games. I, these are I am on the flip trash. side. I, I am that Microsoft was like, we will throw money at anybody making a Connect thing with an existing property, and this is all Capcom yeah. would give them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can have Steel Battle Lion or Plasma Sword. <laughs> should have taken the plasma. Sword. <laughs> really should have. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. yeah. That's a good game. <laughs> anyway, we should move along to Number three. Did I win? I have confirmed that the target has ceased all functions. You are correct. You did win. Who are you? I am Ada, the advanced battle computer of this Jehuti. I detect that you are not the frame runner who was scheduled to pilot the orbital Gee. frame. No, I'm He's not. I just ran in here while trying to escape. I've literally never seen a mech in my entire life. I'm just a natural. Oh my god! They're they're all going to be like this from now on, aren't they? On the list, because I know least, I at know least one, one other entries. one is going to be like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boy, I don't know what this is though. Don't you? This is Zone of the Enders. Oh, oh. I thought we struck this from the record. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. This series sucks, man. What are you doing? It does not like, suck. No. It absolutely <laughs> does not suck. The I'm first shocked. game is I do not like the first game it was very well, seven like if, okay i this is i am didn't not like the first up. game because you were antsy to play the metal gear solid 2 no, demo again i swear this is not just a gag i'm not making this up when i think of like if you tell me picture a seven picture a game rated a seven fucking zoe is the first game that always pops into my head it really? is the definition of a seven for a game yes nah. there's nothing special about it it's it, the, huh. the story is not memorable. The controls aren't great. I think it's the most, pretty the coolest, special. Eh, the coolest yeah. thing about the original Zoe was that Metal Gear Solid demo. That's why everybody bought this thing. I mean, it's, yes, it's, fair. But how many of these actually put you in like a mech that can fly and is focused on aerial combat and basically mm-hmm. skates around on metal? I mean, oh my God. I, I think the way, they did, the way they did 3D aerial combat was, was pretty innovative. Look, keep, Zoe's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's just well. Keep in mind though, great. this was really early in the PS2, and I don't Fair. like was what was a game w- within that like launch window that was better than a seven out of ten? Because I can't <laughs> think of any. It's very Ooh. true. Uh, Greg, uh, like, Fan yes, Division, Apex Two. That first of all, Ridge Apescape Two was not out yet. What was a snowboarding game? SSX. Okay, SSX. But for like, if you got but if you were into like sci-fi action, I feel like it was for the time. Like, it, I think the the look of the game is really cool. The way they did three hundred sixty degree three D aerial combat felt really good. Uh, but the game is really flat, and it just it kind of felt like a proof of concept. Uh, yeah, I, and. and yeah. Trust yeah. me, I hear a lot of people play the like the second one is actually a pretty decent game according to a lot of people, but I just oh, yeah. never gave it a shot because the original 
just didn't leave oh, much of an impression on me. That's, right? so. I think that's that's the, key. The absolute dude, this is the mech version of Toeball Number One. It it came huh. with a crazy demo. Oh, another oh. game millions of people experienced. Exactly, in the everyone I know experienced this game <laughs> and wanted nothing to do with another one. Like and, and like, I did. I fun fact, and I'm going to reveal this here right now. Do we have the HBO music? Don't need it. Uh, I never worked at Konami. I, <laughs> but I worked at a game website where we covered individual games. Hmm. Dot Hat got more traffic than Zone of Enders content. Like, oh, nobody wow. wanted more Zone of Enders at well, all. They, okay, Zone of the Enders was completely played out by the time we got to Games Radar. No, but they re-released a remaster of it because they're like, everyone mm. remembers this game, uh. don't they? Yeah, but not for the reasons you're thinking. They were mm. they felt tricked into buying this. Some of them did, sure. But well, Second Runner came along and that got really it's, well it's, reviewed. It's not, and I'm not saying that's it's not that the game is bad, but like this has no business being sold along Metal Gear Solid, which by the way we 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 didn't include despite being named after mechs <laughs> and mechs figuring in That's very true. prominently. true. It's but not you, a mech there's, game. There's no mech gameplay. You just fight yeah. mechs with like one yeah. exception in 4 and, and in Peace Walker. And frankly, it does belong alongside Metal Gear because they both have the same creator. It's Hideo Kojima. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it bears stressing that the sequel to this game was a huge improvement, which I've also heard about Toeball now that you mentioned it. Yes, <laughs> yes no, exactly. Toeball 2 was great, and it never came to the U.S. I don't have to hit yeah. the start button to jump. This rules. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I always tend to look at things through the lens of just, like, action gaming in general. And among action gamers, the, the second runner is really a, a you know... A PS2 favorite for a lot of people, so I'm kind of surprised to hear. But I do, That's... I do think it doesn't have a lot of the hallmarks that people associate with mecha games as a genre. Mm-hmm. It kind of just feels like a character action game in disguise, you know? Like, yeah, you may as it's, well be it's, a dude. It's very fast. It's very fluid. Uh, it, you know, it's not your typical clunky mech stomps around and shoots things game. Yeah, it, it yes, feels I will like give it that. It feels like it Panzer is... Dragoon with free 3D movement. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's no stomping in particular. You're right. <laughs> so you don't even have feet, really. That's you? true. You're up in the air. Like you're flying. Well, you're one flying. of my favorite I, I, things yeah. to do was just to like, you know, get like force Jehuti down to like ground level, and then just like it looks Table. like it, it looks like it's roller skating around, but like leaving yeah. big blazing trails behind it. It's neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, free username for anyone who wants to grab it. Jehuti with a booty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can thank me later for that one. <laughs> I'm gonna make a reference here that oh, probably only Chris will understand. This game, the original game, is the Meet Joe Black of video games. Chris, tell him what that means. <laughs> I understand uh, the reference. Does that mean the main character dies hilariously by being bounced no, between Mike, eight cars? Michael, tell him what that means. The only reason anyone saw Meet Joe Black was because of the Star Wars Episode One trailer that uh, ran before it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, in many ways, yeah, the Zoe One was that. And it's fine. Like, I didn't... I mean, I sort of regretted my purchase, but I love the time I spent. Because that was like a good 10-hour game preview for metal gear solid you know when you, when you played that thing on ps2 so it was, it was kind of worth it you kind of got one and a half games yeah. of which then he tried to do that shit again with whatever the fuck that metal gear solid 5 prequel game was grand zeros or whatever yeah. that was like a mm. the only 30 dollar demo in existence basically <laughs> well but you know so so zone of the enders was 
a classic story about a young boy who's space con and gets attacked and he runs into a secret room fleeing destruction and falls into a mech. But uh, for the sequel, like, well, our audience has grown up a little. We can't do a childish story like that anymore. So what do we do instead? Enemy approaching. Verified as unmanned orbital frame. Raptor. Be careful not to get surrounded. Raptor destroyed. Confirming the enemy destroyed. What is the efficiency of this frame? This is orbital frame Jehuti. Do you want me to explain how to manipulate the frame? Who is this? This is detached backup battle unit, Ada. So this is a battle computer, isn't it? More reliable than the Lev's navigators. I'm completely different. So yeah, you can't have a kid falling into it, so let's have an adult miner <laughs> fall into it. <laughs> But it's the same basic plot. It's just like, oh, I discovered this mech when I needed it most. It's it's like Benji or something. It just <laughs> it's just a fucking room of requirement mech <laughs> yeah. over here. They do lean Great. into the narrative a lot, but like, mm. I, if you've only played the first game, I urge you to check it out on YouTube because the like the presentation and production value are, it t- took a big jump. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, really and, and and they do like the the three D anime style cutscenes of the first game have aged terribly so they just went full anime (laughs) with the sequel and it looks much better and there is a neat moment where the new pilot who's named dingo egret it's a very improbable name meets (laughs) leo stenbuck the first game's hero and this might be the last appearance of the vic viper in a like a full new retail game like the ship from gradius uh, appears in Zone of the Enders second runner as a like a transforming ship that you have to fight, and Leo, the first game's Pretty protagonist, hard. is at the controls. Long time no see. You remember? Yes, the data is a perfect match with the previous runner. <laughs> you haven't changed a bit. You're the owner of this frame, aren't you? That's right. Why did you abandon Jehuti on Callisto? Without consulting me, Elena. Elena. That's not your business. Anyway, get out of Jehuti. You want me to leave Jehuti? Don't be silly. I can't leave even if it means I die. How come? That's not your business. I thought we'd always do things together, even when we die. <laughs> I don't know why it made me think of that line from Last Alert. We made a ghost pack. Um, oh my god, that's what happens when you try and unfold dramatic dialogue in the beginning of the Soul Edge intro. Mm. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, you guys hate this, so let's move on to something that uh, Greg loves. Number two. Dead. We can't avoid the acre if we want to reach our destination. If only one of us could pilot a VS. I can. What? Huh? You can? I remember how to pilot one. We need your help, Wayne. We could use an able pilot. We are trying to eradicate the Acrid from this world, one hive at a time. The green eye that killed your father is one of them. Yes, uh, this this game is very snowy. It's kind of slow paced. It it was only snowy for one game. Well, I'm I'm hyper biased here. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, only not, not because I worked at Capcom. But because I remember when the 360 came out and it, I was once again in a Sega CD era where like 
where are games going? I don't like this. Like, why don't I just play PC games for the rest of my life? It, or, like, phone games. What, like, what is happening here? The 360 launched, and it was kind of a whimper. And mm. there was not only... Gears was a big factor. But Capcom's, like, one-two punch of uh, Dead Rising and Lost Planet. Lost Planet. Were, were like, holy shit, you couldn't do this before. You mm-hmm. could not do this before. <laughs> this is something I've never been able to do. And like, in I, I, like I, I didn't bat an eye at Met Games or or things with this premise until I played Lost Planet. And then immediately when I got when I went out west, not immediately, but like I get a job in the game industry and I go to like a Lost Planet. What's the special edition version? Like Lost Colonies, Colonies, Colonies edition, hmm. Colonies edition, and I'm climbing a rock. I'm taking the hottest girl I've ever met to a rock wall open bar party for a re-release of a 360 game because that used to happen. Uh, it, it was, I'm like, finally, this game's getting celebrated. This game fucking rules. I love Lost Planet. You know what the irony more, more of Lost Planet is? It's typically in a mech game when you're out of your mech, you're like super nimble and agile. But then Lost Planet's like, nah, you're gonna walk around in snow, so you actually move a lot slower than your mech in this environment I when you're out. He's got a grappling the, hook. The that's most fun part, man, being outside of the mech. Well, that's that gets to something that I think was sort of a, a double-edged sword with the series is that it doesn't yeah. fe- it doesn't really play like other shooters. Hmm. Um, and, and in the age of like when LP One came out, I feel like the generation it was still early enough in the generation that people didn't have that many preconceived notions about like how a shooter should feel and play even Um, gears was slowing shooters down what oh slowing shoot yeah yeah i mean yeah you you were a slower character and your weapons fired less quickly it was like it wasn't until call of duty 4 where like what we thought of as a shooter on a console completely changed Mm -hmm. 60 frames a second and like like lost planet was like oh I like the way the way games are going. Um, this yeah. is a cool third person action experience. Yeah. yeah, and like just the way like they really tried to innovate. The the grappling hook was supposed to be the sort of uh, was supposed to compensate for how sluggish you are. You know, you're in the snow, you're trotting around, but you can sort of reposition yourself to pretty far away objects as long as there's something to grapple to. Uh, and so if you get good with the grappling hook and there's lots of little like advanced tech that you can figure out, like you can use the grappling hook to detonate grenades and roll through the explosion at the same time. And, uh, you know, little things like that. You can hit a guy with a grappling hook to, to knock him over and then you can follow up with melee. So people got really into that sort of like granular tech and then multiplayer, the competitive multiplayer scene really flourished and they found all these cool things you could do like, there's a sweet spot where you can shoot someone in the cockpit and it will eject them out. Just like in RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> what? Shoot them in the cockpit. Well, I just... Oh, my bad. Yes. That <laughs> it, it was also just really rare to have that seamlessness. Like, not, not since Blaster Master had we had a game where you could climb in and out of something right. as destructive yeah. as these mechs and just run around, like, as a foot soldier and then, like, yeah, I think find I, I, another better had... mech. 
everybody had Mega Man X'd it, where like you have a temporary ability to be in a mech, and then it expires, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. won't see it again for levels at a time. Yeah, <laughs> and some of the mechs in Lost Planet are just like pieces of shit that have like zero armor, yeah. and it's just like a pair of legs with some guns attached. Mm-hmm. There's a very toy box feel to it where you're you're running around and there's just like stuff strewn all over the place you'll like stumble upon mechs and sometimes they're really good and sometimes like you're saying they're just kind of crap and same with the guns sometimes you'll encounter a a rare gun that there's only a few of in the game but it's it's just really cool shoots plasma or whatever um and you're you're not really ever gonna get too attached to any one thing. They're just like toys that you pick up and use for a minute and then toss. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could get frustrating at times in this game. Definitely felt like hey, I'm searching for something good in this wasteland. But uh, it was it was definitely novel at the time. I also love. I don't know how far this truly goes back. I my first encounter of it was like. In the Macross series, where they went from fighting Zentradi to Invid, what's the deal with mechs fighting bug aliens? Because that is definitely a motif in in Starship mech troopers. fiction. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not mechs, but yeah. Well, I guess they're they they are actually in in the in the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's yeah, that's like a thing, like part of mech. It's like a subgenre of mech. It's like we're gonna put robots against bugs, which both, if you think about it, have exoskeleton. Hmm, this one's a lot squishier inside. Yeah, that's true. I think that both have problems with humanity. Like the Invid, weren't they like, you know, the, like just bioorganic mechs or something? Like, weren't there like humanoid Invid? I I never got that far into the there, third. There series. were like yes, but like they they were very bug like in colonies mm-hmm. and stuff like it was. It wasn't even really across. It was just a different. Series. They it was it, it was three back. different series that they grafted yeah, together to yeah. make Robotech. But uh, but I I never got into the sequels, the Lost Planet sequels, but because they they just differed so radically like i liked that that snowy clunkiness that you know that you're constantly harvesting thermal energy from these giant bugs in order to power your mech and and yourself it was simultaneously really new and innovative and also very arcade mm -hmm. everything you needed to shoot glowed and uh (laughs) wonderfully but like playing around with new physics like it, like, I cannot emphasize how boring the 360 launch was. Geometry Wars was the highest rated game oh. in the Xbox 360 launch for a long time. That's true. But, but Greg, you're, you're a fan of 2 and 3. Yeah, uh, well, not... Well, f- 3 is its own thing, but... Uh, <laughs> well, 3 also is, like, the only one where you have, like, a first-person inside-the-cockpit view when you're piloting a VS. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, not to jump the gun... Lost Planet 2 came out in 2010 and has gradually ascended to my all-time favorite game slot. Wow. Um, mm. And I revisit it uh, more or less every year. And it, it was a slow burn. And this was of an era that I think Capcom was making a lot of games that didn't, didn't explain themselves very well. Uh, and they were mm. also... They, they made a lot of games that were kind of ahead of their time you know like dragon's dogma i think kind of had the same fate uh but god lo- hand greg and well don't get me started on that but uh <laughs> yeah, lost planet 2 i think the missing piece of the puzzle for gamers outside japan or outside asia uh was monster hunter which was in the middle of its like its initial <clears throat> craze in japan yeah. it was the hottest thing and, and everyone re- was reveled to- in the unexplained 
Yeah, well, that too, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. also just the whole, you know, centering it around four-player co-op and just the feel of the game. If you, if you play Lost Planet 2, expecting it to feel like other Space Marine-type shooter games, then you're going to be really annoyed all the time because the control scheme is completely different. The feel is completely different. But if you've played Monster Hunter and you're a Monster Hunter fan, some of it's going to make sense right away. Um, and they even have uh, stuff Blood like whole the gameplay? super weapons that require the whole team to uh, like work together to fire. And, you know, it's just like full of really cool boss set pieces. It really is the closest thing I've ever played to a Starship Troopers video game. You've got these giant mm-hmm. insectoid things with giant glowing orange spots but that just feel really good holes. to shoot. There are buttholes that you you can get launched out of you can you get swallowed by an acrid and you can shoot him from the inside until he poops you out um and that's the thing the game i think because capcom wasn't really a shooter company it it didn't lean more into the shooting it 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 it, it, it's like it was like one of their first big console co-op games and capcom has done phenomenal co-op experiences Mm mm-hmm but if you're not playing Monster Hunter, you may not have been aware of that to like Resident Evil Five, and and they chose Lost Planet as as the game to sort of like, no, you'll get the most out of this in co-op, and like, no, at this point, sadly, co-op is an additional thing that people who already like the game want to do. Yeah. It's not why people buy games yet, yet. Hmm. So I, I, I'm with you, Greg. It was ahead of its time in that like. It's better experience in co-op, but like only a small amount of people were ready to do that um, yeah. that early on. Yeah, and it's still. I mean, there are not that many games that you can play with a team of four that are this grand in scope. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's a really fun co-op experience, and um, I mean, it warrants. Like the reason that I go back every year or so is because I'm still discovering new stuff and like unlocking new weapons shockingly and like and it gets really zany that's the other thing you can customize your loadout to like an extreme degree you can get like a giant shooty can instead of a normal grenade and like uh it actually it actually has good utility it'll like bounce off walls and stuff you get all kinds of fancy weapons there's like sword guns it's a hoot to my point of of console co-op lost planet 2 was so dedicated to console co-op they license a character that the world, in my opinion, like really got into console co-op, Marcus Phoenix, to mm. be in the game. That's right. To it, like, you played Gears. You know how this works. Come do this in Lost Planet, and I don't think the world really understand. And Lost Planet is a series, I think, its biggest crime is lacking an identity, and kind of like every game is totally different. Yeah, like, well, it, two really dispensed genre. with the story. Like, one was very story-heavy, and they had the likeness of Lee Byung-hun, who uh, was... Wayne! Like, was Wayne. <laughs> and they dropped basically any recognizable characters. Hi, Wayne. Yeah, I think it was just... <laughs> Stacy. I got it. I got yeah, it. yeah, thank I you. It. it took me a second. <laughs> Stacy. Psycho hose beast. <laughs> yep. The, the reference. Oh. It really, it really feels like it deserves another chance, though. And uh, Lost Planet Three was not it. Lost Planet mm. Three was them giving up on what 
the series was mm-hmm. and and just and it was it was part of that Inafune era yeah. uh like he basically left a bunch of presents for Capcom <laughs> for years after he left which was like all these outsourced projects to like mostly unproven developers with like not great track records uh and so it was love Spar- spark i love spark they're flawless i mean no offense to them but it you know i i don't think that they had a particularly strong track record and they I, made I, the mocap was amazing yeah and I, and, and the like acting is really good too Ahead of its time, ahead of its time again in a field that no one was asking for yet, but yeah. like it did abandon the principles of anything anyone it, liked about Lost Planet one and two. It's, yeah, it's just, and you know it's funny because that was that era where fans were just pissed off at Capcom all the time, and so our job basically consisted of being yelled at by like each different fan base for each different mm-hmm. brand that Capcom mm-hmm. had. But the Lost Planet fan base was just so like chill and like res- like resigned you know they like because half of them didn't even like two that much and then when three came out like <laughs> the forum was practically dead but you'd occasionally see a comment who's like ah this one doesn't look like it's for me i guess i'll I guess i'm I'll... i'm used to not liking this yeah <laughs> but they were like there was no like vitriol at all yeah, but right. uh, you know like it... by the way lost planet three exactly 10 years old as of three days ago as of this recording so oh, august 27th yeah. 2013 it came and that out. game got for delayed and, and, and delayed and delayed we i mean it, we had it at e3 2012 and then it still wasn't out by e3 2013 <laughs> but um it's you know it's fine i always said that it was it was destined for the bargain bin and if you can get it for mm. five bucks it's no, it's worth a shot. It's a pretty game. It's got great acting, and you might have some fun with it. But uh, it's just really it, it is the polar opposite of terrible, but may not have what you been what you wanted for a, yeah, a Lost Planet game. The, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mostly uninteresting. It's it's kind of like at times it feels like Metroid Prime if there was like no game design. <laughs> if, you, if it was all just linear and there was no joy to be found in exploring <laughs> oh man what a all right. well, let's... that's just what a great review there Greg that's really making me want to play it there's no joy I mean, in exploration but the first and second games. ones are good yeah. people oh, still play Call, of, Call of Duty there's no exploration in a Call of Duty game period Yeah. in multiplayer or single player it's a thing yeah, yeah. people like it's a game on rail mm-hmm. yeah all right. Well, let's bring this back into the hangar with. That wasn't the last one. Are you all right, pilot? I think so. Wait, did you just call me pilot? Yes. The late Captain Lastimosa gave you the provisional rank of acting pilot. Congratulations on your promotion. You may call me BT. BT. Got it. Not BT. Optimus Bonus. Prime. Bonus time. Um, I'm taking off my headset. I am walking out of here. How can this not be Exoprimal, Michael? Goodbye, gentlemen. I'm out. <laughs> That's not even later. a mech game. It's like a robot suit. It's, yeah, they're mech-ish. power suits. It's yeah. totally yeah. Is that already a dormant genre. series? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Probably. And it, by Matt's it was definition... released like two months ago, one month ago. It feels like ten years. <laughs> by, and by Matt's definition, Iron Man is a mech. Fuck him! Don't listen to me. Yes, yes, he well, is, especially in the Hulkbuster I was, outfit. I was looking, actually, like, yes. To, <laughs> okay. The, the, the term the, "mecha" in, in apologies Japan. to Matt. That was <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Fuck. 
like the term mecha in oh, Japan. It can. It, it, it even has the jet boots. All manner of mechanical shit. So like the arms you, you get in Devil May Cry Five. Mm-hmm. That's all mecha, or yes. your arm in Metal Gear Solid Five. Any, huh. any fifth game. Luke in the Skywalker bringing it back to the beginning, which, oh, by the shit. way, the world started in 1980, as far as I'm concerned. Just so you know. Fair. Um, you I don't know what one? game we're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. Titanfall. <laughs> this is Titanfall. Titanfall oh, three. Titanfall. Uh, Titanfall two. Sorry. Yeah. There is no, there is no Titanfall three unless you count Yet. Apex Prime, which I do not. Apex Legends. Apex Legends. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Apex Legends. Unless you count Apex Legends. <laughs> uh, but no. T- this. This is an amazing campaign and like this is the unique case of like a game developer hearing everything fans shouted at them from the first game and kind of listening and being like no you're right that wasn't really a campaign in that first game that was sort of bullshit we're gonna give you you know we we understand you enjoy the multiplayer because we are the ex call of duty people and we do this really well but we're gonna give you a full-fledged campaign and it was like everything we were hoping for from the original titanfall any Game Pass subscriber can still play this and prove us right. Titanfall 2 is amazing. It's an yeah. amazing campaign. I played it so the good. other day. Uh, like it, It's still available to play. Uh, the multiplayer, I'm not sure that it is. I loved Titanfall 1's multiplayer. I remember Chris Waters on the show calling Titanfall 1 an awesome moment simulator. All that mm. weird... Mm. like. Fair. Wait for the door to close on your mech. It was just like, all this shit happens super fast. Your mech is your super saiyan. That's what happens when you reach a certain level. It'll come down. You can kill an enemy with your mech drop. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then hop in it in less than a second and be firing yeah. at people. Until it's the game's finished. literally named after that moment of your titan falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fighting tall totally and I totally forgot about that. Uh, no, that... that... <laughs> Yeah, that was that was super rad, and I, I remember I think I reviewed tit- the first Titanfall for OXM, and I gave it an eight because it's like, well, it has a campaign. The campaign is not very good. It offers a framework for the multiplayer, but it's kind of meh. And the, the campaign was every Battlefield campaign until three. Yeah, it's just yeah a fight on multiplayer maps with dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like I think Titanfall was like this is a great great proof of concept uh it you know you, you should build out more with sequels and they did and it did not sell as well like from everything that i've heard like the, you know this this game last came out in 2016 which in my mind was two years ago and in reality it was seven years ago uh but it, it like despite that recency like the, the way this gets talked about it's like this is a brilliant game it was so expensive it did not sell well. It will never. We will probably never get a sequel. Maybe. I mean, they're, they've given them lots of chances now to prove themselves, and they keep hitting home runs there at EA with the Star Wars Jedi, whatever, Fallen Orders, yeah. or with Survivor games, and with Apex Legends. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually Vince gets to make a follow up to this game. Like, it, to me, it feels like it's a matter of time. Yeah, I think yeah. If, if Armored Core reaches like four to six million like they have there has to be a serious meeting at ea about readdressing titanfall and and vince now runs like multiple ea studios like they're they're, it's not just the one small ish studio 
So it's like they like could just assign dice. It to someone else. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he like oversees dice mm-hmm. now. So I, I, but I think you, you mentioned Battlefield. Speaking of dice, that is one of the reasons this game didn't sell. And folks said, well, yeah, it was almost destined not to it sell. Like two days from a new EA, Battlefield game. The yeah. same the- publisher released this game against a Battlefield game, which of course was already going up against Call of Duty. Like those were the two duking right. it out, and this was supposed to be like. Hey, we got this dark horse shoot over here that's supposed to steal some market share. It was almost just, this is the fucking Ross Perot of video games, basically, like just hoping yeah. to steal some market share from Call of Duty. Yeah. Neither could really do it, and unfortunately, a lot of people ended up missing out on like kind yeah. of a masterpiece campaign because of it. Yeah, it, 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 sold, was, it, it sold. I think it was million. a November tenth to tenth through twelfth game, like like ev- when every game drops, not just the games they're competing. against. You're saying this sold four million copies and, and is considered a gigantic failure? Do you know how yeah, lucky? No, 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 you, no, no, no. you know how so many we... copies Battlefield One sold? Fifteen million. So yes, relative to Battlefield One, it's a failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing Remnant. I was playing Remnant with a friend the other night, and two friends we hadn't heard from in a couple years jumped in and like, "Hey, man, play some Remnant 2. And like, we're in Battlefield One. This week, what? this week, like Battlefield One is more popular than I I understood. Hmm. Battlefield One is a pretty decent Battlefield game. I liked it certainly more than whatever the twenty forty two or whatever the more the most recent one of those. Matt, was. why are you so dumb? Battlefield One was followed by Battlefield Five. Why can't you wrap <laughs> your head around this? Like. It's true. <laughs> it is confusing. Yeah. Followed by 2042, the most recent one, or whatever that year is. It's, oh, it's how come really? you can't understand this? You know, hats off to From for just naming the latest Armored Core, Armored Core 6. Yes. After, yeah. Even though it's totally. been a decade. <laughs> now, Chris, imagine a world where you played Battlefield 1 on your Xbox One. <laughs> but then... <laughs> <laughs> then played play the follow up on your Xbox Series X, which yeah. means ten. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it's like the Battlefield One was a great marketing campaign, Mortal Kombat, but but it's going to it's going to confuse the shit out of people for years. Just to put come. your mm-hmm. put the year out. Just fucking do the Madden, folks. After a while, with your franchise, yeah, Honestly, like Michael, calling Mortal Kombat One. Mortal Kombat 2023, and like that's the year everything reverses. And like fans will get that; it's fine. They'll play them in the right order. Like it'll be fine. Yeah. Don't do that. I was thinking oh. about how yeah we had that commercial for Mortal Kombat One, and it's just like yeah, it's aping the Mortal Monday commercial, which is 30 years old this year. You know, it was 30 years old by when when we were playing watching that Mortal Monday commercial 30 years before that the Beatles had not yet arrived in the US Ooh. 30 <laughs> years before that Kennedy was still president oh uh, <laughs> but I, and I wanted to point out they have Dave yeah. Batista yell Mortal Kombat which is amazing yes. because the uh like $50 a day actor extra on that Mortal Kombat commercial who who yelled Mortal Kombat was paid like Fifty to a hundred dollars, and they used it in all the marketing and the immortal song. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a whole yeah. controversy and where they couldn't figure out? There were like two people claiming to be the guy who yelled it. Right, there was, but yeah, it was it was one extra on the set who yelled that, and it's like now you just 
pay Dave Batista to yell that. You're going to have to pay a lot more to hear this hurricane. The immortals are going to have to come out of retirement to record a new song with this. Uh, yes. The Titanfall. So get, yeah. getting back into that. So yes, the coolness of like being a grunt on the battlefield and then jumping into a giant robot was pretty cool. What made it cooler was that the pilots also like had all this acrobatic shit. They had the jump packs yeah. that would let them uh, run on walls and, and, you know, fly around on jetpacks. And they expand on that a bit in the sequel, but also the sequel has this surprisingly moving storyline where this yeah. guy who is not a pilot makes friends with this mech. And like, it becomes like this tight buddy bonding storyline that has one of the weirdest climaxes ever. Pilot Cooper, I have transferred some of my AI functions into your helmet in order to permit communication across time shifts. So there is like a level late in the game that just comes totally out of left field where you're like exploring this ruined facility that is like it's yeah. raining. It's been t basically taken over by raccoons and you suddenly like step into these weird time shifts where suddenly it's like decades in the past and you everything looks pristine and there are people and robots moving around and you eventually get a device that lets you shift between the past and the present. And, like, you solve a lot of puzzles like this. It's sort of like, yeah. I, th I think it was the Clockwork Mansion in Dishonored 2. It, it's, a little it's, bit. Yeah, it's a similar, like, big, cool set piece based around this one power. That... It's, like, it's like exemplary level design, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the, that one mechanic that not many games have even attempted it since. Like, the only one I can yeah. think of that comes to mind, Ratchet & Clank did it. Uh, mm -hmm. The most recent Ratchet & Clank had a similar level, but it's, like... There is nothing like this level that I've ever played. Like the way they use those time mechanics for like to get you through that level, it's it's really neat. And and that was the highlight of the campaign for most people. It's like, just trust me, keep playing until you reach this level, and you will know that, why we keep saying this campaign's amazing. That's what sucks about Titanfall is that like, it's the ex Call of Duty guys, and the next Call of Duty totally ripped off all of the acrobatics of the player. Like oh, the Advanced wall Warfare. Yeah, yeah. I, it might have been one of the Lops games. I don't remember, but like it turned out to be one, like kind of a passing phase of, of of gaming. The acrobatic stuff is not in the new Call of Duty game. Hmm. Uh, has not been for a while. But Call of Duty just straight up stole all that shit from Titanfall and sold a one hundred billion more copies. Because <laughs> <laughs> because the first two Titanfall games are great and i'm i i have played called the titanfall 2 this year and i only do it when like my internet and power is down because i have it downloaded to my hard drive mm. via game pass where it's free or asterisk no extra cost uh it, it it has had uh what do you call it the uh 4k upgrades like it's fucking gorgeous it's still worth playing uh the campaign for titanfall 2 do it do it yep it's, All right. Yeah. So the only the only game on this list to make me care about 
I mean, the mech becomes a character. In all these other games, the mech is very much a tank. Oh, it's the it, tool. It's expendable. Like this game is, it, it's fucking the voice of Optimus Prime the, is your mech. Right? The, the, the story, the story is imagine if Arnold Schwarzenegger was a Terminator nine hundred times the size of you, and you could crawl on his heart and control him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, it's fucking uh, Vince D- Vin, Vin Diesel, the uh, giant robot cartoon. Iron Giant. Iron Giant. <laughs> You're, so you. <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> and Zone of the Enders is very similar, except in that game, the cockpit is in its dick. Uh, oh, I'm not kidding. Look at that design. That. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, that's been our top five. Go play Titanfall 2, everybody. In the meantime, we're going to take a little break. Let's go out on Beyond the Bounds from Zone of the Enders, second runner. When we come back, we're going to talk about actual Armored Core 6 and Goodbye Volcano High. And a bunch of other stuff, the making of Karateka, so stay tuned. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Alan over here to yeah. tell me more about not only a trip to Japan, the, the most recent person I know to go to Tokyo Disney Sea, biggest, bestest, most expensive Disney theme park in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, most big. expensively built, maybe not to visit right now with the strength of the dollar. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to mm-hmm. Tokyo Disney Sea twice to the point where oh, wow. ask me if I'd go again. Would you go again, Chris? I don't know that I would. That place has three hour lines for everything. Well, the thing that I did because the ticket, you know, with the with the mm-hmm. conversion rate and stuff like that, the, the ticket itself to the park was only $70. Damn, really? Which is like half as expensive as Disneyland. Yeah. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're going to leave headlong into that cavalcade. We have no time, man. Delicious novelty that is known as me talking He's doing it longer! Great. My parents are awake. Getting the paper. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're yelling. There are like a kajillion new releases. This is this yeah. October? What is I, going I, on? I don't know. The, like, the last couple weeks have been kind of crazy, and just just a ton of stuff out this week. Starting with Armored Core Six. I, I think that the no, 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 November twelfth date is dead, and you want to have your game out there and on sale by November twelfth. Could be. Mm, that could be. But but August. Mid-August or yeah. late-August? This used to be the doldrums. Uh, like, stuff this usually used to, be used to pick Madden up in week. September. This is this is global yeah. warming the, is what it is. This is cl- and, and the, inter- the, industry the, climate change. The, the Madden this caps is, have melted, yeah. and the games industry has come in to <laughs> fill in the gap. <laughs> yeah. This is a game This is a game from the developer of the highest-selling new IP of last year. 
Yes. Uh, releasing a game, releasing a game up against uh, annual Dave Matthews Band concert. Oh, you <laughs> should play Elden Ring and Armored Core. You got jet boots and guns now. Watch yeah. your reloads and cool down. Wearing we JJ Casual. <laughs> our most accessible game ever, or most approachable game ever. Now, fuck you, we're going full hardcore. <laughs> As we said earlier, not just hardcore, it's so hard, it's armored. It's armored. Armored it's Core 6, Tell Fires me about this game, because I'm dying to play this. I'm dying to play this, because I'm just curious at this point. My biggest criticism here okay. is that the boss fights are hard as fuck. Yes. Hard as so, so fuck. So Soulsy and boss fights. You've, you've played this much more than I have, so I'll let you do most of the talking here. But I played up to that first boss, and my first encounter with it, like, I actually had the thought, oh, is this one of those unwinnable encounters that, like, I just have yes. to lose? And mm. then I lost, and it's like, no. I was supposed to win this. Holy shit. Yes. Is Zero going to come out and save me when I get my arm cut <laughs> off? Like, like no. Uh, that's that my biggest complaint. No, Everyone complains about the helicopter fight. My, yes, my biggest complaint about the game is that, like, there is nothing to do in between boss fights. You can carve through every level like cake. It does not prepare you in any way to handle bosses. Whereas the Souls games, like, yeah, you learn how to parry and dodge uh, and counter. None of that matters at all through the majority of the gameplay. It is just this weird sequence of immaculate Elysium post-apocalyptic events until you get to a boss fight. And then, like, I just, like, I need to watch a terrible movie for 30-2010. Uh, the movie started and is over, and I have not learned anything. <laughs> and I'm still dying at every turn. Like th these are how long the boss fights take. I hear this is a lot more linear than than one would have supposed after Elden Ring. Like, so That's what is the structure of this game? I want to know thing. the loop. It, it's fuck. It, like, I appreciate it because like you are an unnamed guy who never talks, and uh, the guy like giving you your missions like. Oh, yeah. Guy, we have another mission for you. Here's another person on the intercom here. And you can skip all that shit. It doesn't matter in the slightest. Um, you have no identity, no voice, and you can make the mech look however you want from the very beginning. But that, Yeah, you, you brain-fried merc. Go kill some people. We're actually not yep. here legally, so find a steal a <laughs> license from a corpse that you can that use. Shit to be a mercenary. is narratively awesome awesome like and, and you keep doing that like uh like you're not legally supposed to be here kill something and steal it <laughs> <laughs> totally it, it's similar to far cry 2 where it's just nihilism <laughs> do they still make you pay for the bullets you use like they used yes to? Like, no well no i did they, they there is an ammunition charge there's you you get a, a set amount of money for a mission and then they deduct for repairs and they deduct for ammunition and I yeah, did see someone really? post on Twitter that, yeah, they actually used up so much ammo and needed to get so many repairs that they came out of a mission owing, like, 6,000 credits. Yeah. That is possible, but only, like, and that's my my, my biggest uh, structural flow complaint is that, like, Elden Ring and Dark Souls are awesome because, like, you kill a sky-level demon king and you keep going. Here you're kicked back to a menu. Mm -hmm. Every single. Well, I figured time. out what. Every no, I, the, this time. is where the Soulsian stuff kicks in. See, you you end up owing six thousand and have to get out a predatory payday loan, 
And that is the actual <laughs> challenge of this game is trying to dig yourself out of debt with the payday loan. No, that, I got that, it. that never happened yeah. to me. But you will like the boss fights. You don't just jump to a boss fight. There's all this shit in front of you. So if you want to change your uh, uh, loadout, you have to quit the whole mission and go back out. And that's how you can lose money. And I natively didn't do that. But like I have been experiencing blackouts. And the system would go down, and the system would always yell at me that you didn't. The system is down. Well, you, like you, like every Souls game, like you didn't quit this correctly. Uh, you might lose your save. Resetti you shows up. It's really again. embarrassing. But, but as long as you're dying at a boss over and over again, you can still switch some of your stuff out and keep going at no penalty. Well, that's good. But if if I don't know, you're fucking stupid boyfriend or girlfriend I, why did I make that more and less sexist if, if the power goes out and you're at a boss you're fucked you will lose money you will lose money and I it's happened to me multiple times this week uh, I'm not slamming the game yet but like <laughs> the, the greatest thing about Dark Souls is that like that maybe I've never talked about I'm sure other people have when you get hit you know why uh, an armored core, like, I don't see what he's shooting at me because it's firing behind me and homing back. I don't know how to dodge this yet. I can't... You have to unlock a quick turn uh, in this game. Do you want to upgrade your health or your uh, vitality? You might want to spend that on a quick turn because you can't turn around and see any... Like, it is... Everything in the game is cookie cutter and easy as shit one-shotted until you get to a boss i don't feel like i'm playing around with a weapon system enough because like if we didn't say that like the only thing i've ever had to prepare me for this uh, other met game is virtual on virtual on is uh, a game constantly dual analog stick boost based you're skating around and you're using all the analog sticks to fire at will now you have four shoulder buttons and it's mostly a cooldown and reload based thing that you're managing for Four different weapons. It is more than you're used to, I assure you, even if you're a Souls fan. Um, mm. In addition to stamina, it's... I, I'm finding myself more... Like, when I, I like oh, this is fun. I'm using, all, ooh, I'm using this new thing I unlocked, and I get to a new boss, and it's like, I don't have two hours to figure this out. Uh, yeah. I, and mm. I never needed that in a Souls game before, because, like, everything inherently made sense, but... Yeah, you're supposed to be playing around with different weapons, but there's not a non-Street Fighter training level to do that in, period. There's no way to do that. Are there um, are there upgrades? So you mentioned the upgrades, so will that at least make the weapons more powerful and stuff, or is it literally just like, do a quick turn? Or, uh... Almost never, and they only apply to certain weapon classes. And certain enemies are completely immune to certain weapon classes, and you won't know that until you get to them. So it, it's just one of those games where, like, I can't organically play this very well. And again, I like the game, and I like hard boss fights, but I can't, like, I have to look everything up, which I fucking hate. It doesn't, yeah. it penalizes you for experimentation. Um, yeah, it penalizes you for experimentation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Period. Well, the, the, um, the, does it at least have consistent checkpoints before bosses? Because I know it does in that first one. Or, or do yes, you have to like in, play in, through a level unless, again if you die? 
unless you want to go like let's say like how do I beat this guy? Oh, this this his shield is weak to pulse weapons. I don't have any pulse weapons. You have to exit out of the game oh. at a penalty. Um and buy a pulse weapon. When I I dipped a toe into this series a few months ago with uh, one of the PS2 ones, uh Silent Line, which is like mm. the it's part of the Armored Core 3 series. and um, We know, Greg. I'm just kidding. We have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> and what I gathered is that it, like, I had this, what I guess was a misconception that this is a game about outfitting your mech however you want, and it's all about customization and player choice, but, but it's can. really more of like a puzzle of like, figure out what yes. loadout works for this exact mission yeah mm-hmm. that's very unsouls like because souls is all about like just upgrade your favorite weapon and play as that it, the it, entire game this is a know? great narrative Maybe. spoiler the only thing i figured out is like before you get to a boss that you know you can chip you need a certain thing to chip away at you might fight a guy who has that thing and showing you what it is before that in the level, mm. but you, if you sound restart, like Trump talking to his underlings. You may discover a guy yeah, who has the thing, and it's like that's how mafia people talk. When I they don't just get busted. eleven thousand <laughs> max. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he says votes. I am obsessed with it. Votes, <laughs> votes. Give me the vote. Oh, he's the worst. But 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 he's not in the Armored Core Six. I Thank really like it, be. but if, if but if you're looking for an exact one one Souls experience, I think it's to me most hampered by the A open world, B like you will never intuitively figure this out. You have to just try stuff. Look up guides. Look or try stuff it, or look or, up guides. Or you're you're penalized for doing so, for like backing out of the menu and buying a weapon that would be better against this guy. I did not have the right thing to take down this dude's shield. I didn't earn it through the game. I had to go back and buy it, and I can't do that without restarting the entire level and losing money. But maybe, I'm sure that's a kick for a lot of people. Does this game still have the arena missions where you're fighting an AI opponent? Because what I've learned in Silent Line is One-shotted every time. The bosses, hours. Hours of trying to figure this shit out. Uh, and wow. it's it's not like I can't figure it out, but like he's firing weapons behind my camera. I don't know what they're doing. I all I'm doing is guessing. We were just playing uh, Remnant, and like Remnant is hard as fuck. Most bosses are a one hit kill. There's a cue or a sound that lets you know when you need to dodge or when you need to counter. That doesn't exist here. Uh, and I'm not against the game. I'm just finding like I I. I I was like, man, the boss fights are amazing in this game. And then I, I played for another 30 minutes, got to a boss, and it's just like, I don't have time for this. I do not have time to learn this. <laughs> I, I, uh, and maybe there was a natural disaster heading my way. So, you know, no offense to Armored Core. It sounds sounds crunchy, um, which if you're in the mood for something crunchy to really sink right. your teeth into, there's a lot of that. It's a game you'll like. play for a long time because it demands I, that. I wonder how much mileage varies with those bosses. Like... <laughs> just thinking back to Elden Ring, I spent twelve hours on Margit alone. Twelve hours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I did something similar. Is it? Wait, wait. Uh, who's the woman? Is it the woman? Melania. Uh, Melania. Yes, Melania. Because like I Melania. don't want to look this up. 
Miller. I want to figure this out, and and I could I could look at the patterns. I could see where the the damage area was. You do not have those aspects in Armored Core Six. You will not be able to t- t- detect that. You will just have to learn through pattern recognition. Um, that I found a little frustrating. But other than that, like I, uh, you know me, I'm exhilarated by games that force you to be better rather than by giving you more shit and making you more fortified as you play. I am intrigued, but I don't like it. I'm a, I, I am a meme. I am a, I'm a Dark Souls two, three to Elden Ring mega fan and going back in Armored Core. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, let's talk about the making of Karateka or Karateka as Jesus Mike Micah of Digital Eclipse. They spell it out the- in the game. They tell you the, they, there are the different ways, but I guess it's Jordan himself pronounces it Karateka, right? It's, yeah, it's- karateka. But I, I love that this exists. This has existed for so long that it doesn't matter as much how the creator pronounces it because the guy remastering it pronounces it differently, the wrong way. <laughs> and, and, he, but he's, and, and he, he's the guy who made the re the the remake of it that is on this version of the game, yeah. which is a really good remake, by the way. It, it's, it it's is fun. so. Um, yeah, make, making of Karateka is a love letter to this game that came out in like. 80, 81, I think, for the Apple, or two. Apple II. Yeah, yeah and uh, it was like one of the first really cinematic games where it's like you have mm-hmm. human characters and like, you know, there's a, a paid attention to the color palette to evoke a certain mood and there's cutscenes, which a lot of games didn't really it, it's have. It's like a silent Kurosawa movie. Like the, the cinematic mm-hmm. scenes are like straight up like it's like Samurai Warlord guy pointing to his underlings and who wear weird... Yeah helmets for some reason like go fight this guy who is trying to save this princess or whatever yeah. it's, it's crazy and we, we had uh chris kohler on uh a few weeks ago to talk about this because he uh is like the I, I forget what his title is exactly but he put together the documentary portion of the game yeah. the museum where you can like go through and see all this stuff about jordan mechner who by the way in the late 70s when he was 13 years old was like writing uh programming heavy articles for computer magazines about the Apple II and uh he it's no, it's, it's, it's hilarious in the docs it's uh he became famous by making an asteroids clone for PCs mhm and then like, got that company perfect. sued and the legal letters are all it's fucking crazy yeah. like this is such a great And Michael package. it's funny you say the museum portion of the game cuz I would say that is the main attraction of the game, like the way yeah. they're structuring, what are they calling these? The gold series, or yeah. the gold the, series. The, mm-hmm. Well, the, I, I say the museum portion because there's the museum portion, and then there's the games that are freely accessible at any time. Yeah, you, you, you don't can hit to, like square at any time or X. I, and I played the original the most, but I was less satisfied. Which original? Original Apple II, or yeah, the Apple II version, mm-hmm. the, the, okay. the first version. But like, if you you have to watch the interactive documentary and you have to play the remastered version where Micah will, will tell you yeah. with the commentary he, on. Yeah. He'll, he'll yeah, explain like, it to like you. It's, it's, it's really hilarious. Cause like they'll show you like the game flows where it'll show you later levels and you can see later commentary tracks. You'll get like, I'm dying to see how he incorporated scan lines. I have to beat these next three guys. Yeah. It like it, it cuts. So the game, you know, always would like cut away to show like the next guy running toward you. And when you're playing the remaster with the commentary on like, yeah, there's a little bubble above him. Like, 
oh, yeah. I can't wait to get to that. Like you said, I yeah. will explain yeah. this. I will explain this like three guys from now. It's one of the best packages of any re-release game I have ever seen. It is my recommend of the week. I love this. And I don't know that I love Karateka. Hmm. Oh, have I, I said full disclosure? We did get free copies of this from Digital yeah. Eclipse. Yeah, I don't so, care oh, if you did. But, it, but it's it's very much like we we joke and call them like they are the Criterion Collection of games. But they're, I think that's intentional. And it's it's also one of those things where like even if you don't love Karateka, it's just a fascinating documentary. You know, yeah. like it, it like learning about the making of and then all the games that this game inspired and how this game came to be to begin with is like that to me is actually a bigger attraction than the game because the game itself in in some ways it's remarkable how well it's aged but in others is it's aged crazy. very poorly yeah. in terms of the controls and stuff like well, that it's, but, uh, it's so weird because like I, this was probably my favorite game when I was maybe seven eight years old something like that uh, mm. and it was one that like my friends didn't really play it. I've been one of the few people I know my entire life who's familiar with it. So it's, you know, it's always kind of like, oh, yeah, it's one of those lesser name games or lesser known games that I know about. And then seeing this, it's like, I've known nothing this whole time. There's a whole galaxy of people who know way more about this shit than I ever will. Which version did you play on as a kid, Michael? What the the Apple II version. Michael was okay, an so Apple you played the OG. gamer for a long yeah, time. Yeah, okay. which, so, and, and I played all of the versions in there played through them i think that that's apple, what's fascinating the, to me too is compare I, them yeah you know? i think the remaster is the best the apple it 2 is. version is like holds up remarkably well the controls the controls are tight yeah. in that version the sure. c64 and atari 800 versions i don't like as much partly because they have one button control instead that of two sucked. buttons yeah and, the atari version you, is so weird your, your only options are one button where like uh, tap is punch and punch hold it and down hold for kick. kick. Or yeah. you can have six button, but that gets confusing because it's like, well, this button is high kick, oh, this button I, is mid kick, this button is low I kick. I knew you turned that on, but yeah, you could totally yeah. do that. Yeah, but and then the, the Commodore version had better music at the time. I love, I love playing them back to back to compare. No, no, no. Like there's Matt, a, it, it had music. It had music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's there's the original prototype where you get to see like his earliest pass at this game, which you know breaks at times like the controls just stopped working for me a little mm -hmm. bit in that version but it's it's, you know. it's possible for an enemy to advance into you and then you just sort of wobble back and forth in place yeah playing yeah. playing through micah's commentary reminded me of reading developer blogs about shovel knight which was trying to recreate an nes era game modernize it and without with respecting the rules that those games had without like no offense greg not giving you like shitty Mega Man Nine slowdown or anything like that, like but like respecting how those like the limitations of those games. And the commentary is fat. I spent more time on the original game, but only after I went through the documentary and after I played about an hour of the um, uh, remaster with the commentary. This is like look at these parallaxing gates. Like I wanted to make sure like I didn't. I looked at Jordan's design notes and what he wanted to do and what the Apple II couldn't do and wanted to make something in the middle, but not something you could easily do now in Unity. It's fucking, like, it's Greg. I'm saying to Greg, who, like, I know you're like me. I had asked these guys. I was like, I am I don't know what I'm dreading more You were, like, this dreading week. playing it. Yeah. Play, the, the, the hurricane or playing Karateka? 
and I ended up playing mostly Karateka after I dubbed it. I became a silent film fan from watching like Turner classic movie documentaries about Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton and Harold mm-hmm. Lloyd. And then, and then getting the context that made me want to dig in. It's all in one package. It's fucking nuts. This is, and we should say, by the way, if you've played Atari 40, they took that exact style. It basically tells yeah. a story on a timeline. You're, you're mm-hmm. scrolling through a yeah. timeline and you can either zoom in on pictures or there's text or there are movie documentaries or at certain points on that timeline, it's like, hey, we've just told you about this game prototype. Hit this button and you can actually play this prototype, which is what we've always wanted to do. It's like, oh, and the only thing they don't do that I hope they figure out for future versions, jump to specific points of the game. Be like, yeah, we're talking about like this one level in the game. Hit the button. Now we're going to take you because mm. they, they have that tech. They've, They've done it in other before. games. Like watch this game and then jump in. You know, it's but and yeah. we should all say this is a $20 package because I was like, mm. man, you know, it's $40, I think, for the original Atari 40. And I'm like, wow, are people going to pay? You know, just to deep dive in one game, but it's absolutely if you're comparing it with like a Criterion Blu-ray or something, it's like no, it's worth that much. It, it's worth twenty yeah. for for what you get here. You should just to encourage more of this series. I'm saying to Greg right now, who I think is like me, like I had read about this game is important, mm-hmm. had no interest in going back and doing it, but in terms of like a Criterion Turner Classic Movie presentation on like game design, because. Mm-hmm. Greg and I worked at a Japanese company and they're like pretty tight lipped about like, mm-hmm. I'm not giving you our secrets. <laughs> Don't give out our secrets. This gives away all the secrets. Um, if you, you're interested in making games and I always kind of am, there's so much of that shit in here uh, about how a fucking 18 year old kid rocked the Apple II, a, a system not everybody was developing for. Um, but I, I, I even had to learn that in like Apple II was just a fucking kick-ass computer mm-hmm. that wasn't very easy to make games for. Games looked better on other platforms. It was harder to make games than Apple II. Yeah, I mean, he he wrote his original games in BASIC and then machine language. You know, yeah. like it's it wasn't yeah. easy to program for these things. It it <laughs> is so fun. It's like it is like a ten episode. Netflix series wrapped up into two hours of fucking gameplay. It is really really cool. Yeah, it's really well done. And the remaster commentary is also, it's like listening to Mike Micah talking about, like, him trying to basically recreate and reverse engineer Karateka, find out what made it special, why did this work, why is it so hard for everyone else to make it work, Mm -hmm. and, you know, what he he said was that uh, it is like, it's, it's like a tightly wound clock. Like, the mm-hmm. AI is extremely tight in this game where everything is timed out perfectly, that the AI will react to your movements in, like, and, and if you change any one thing, if you change, like, the speed at which you kick or the speed at which you punch and you don't change anything else, like, the entire machine the breaks, breaks down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of old games were very much wired that way, even to the point of some taking advantage of like delays they knew would be caused by the the boards in, in mm-hmm. the system, right? Like that was very much – these people were ingenious that, that had to program this stuff. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like though the Micah commentary is – there's one missed opportunity, which is like I would have loved for Mechner to be in the room with him to be mm-hmm. like, well, here's yeah. what I was thinking. and Because it's weird. You have Jordan Mechner and then his dad – doing one set they're of commentary the and it's the, they're kind of reminiscing yeah. and then you have Mike Micah doing the remaster commentary and it's like oh man I wish 
I wish we could get that blending. And I, I, I think I think Chris even mentioned it had to do with like schedules of recording and stuff like that. But that that is the one thing to me. I'm like, God, I want someone to really dive deep with Mechner. Like, and I think there is a Mechner commentary with one of the original versions. There's a little bit of yeah. commentary, but it's mm-hmm. not as good as it's not as there's not as much of it as the Mike Micah yeah. commentary I, and the remaster. I also love what the remaster adds. So it, it restores something that was like only ever in the design phase. Uh, yeah. Which is like this Jaguar that he turns into like, you know, everybody on the team had a different idea for what this should be, which is probably why it was never implemented. So, uh, it, you know, it, it's this puzzle for how to trick this Jaguar into not mauling you because it's like an instant kill if it if it reaches you. Uh, another fun thing is they added lives, which, you know, he, he t- tells the story of how he didn't want to have lives, like he wanted to keep it as close to the original as possible. And Chris mm-hmm. Kohler, friend of the show now, came into the room and argued that, like, no, it you need to have more lives. And it would also be really funny if your dead bodies stayed on screen after oh, you died. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, if you, if you, you can set up to 11 lives and uh, when you die... The body will just stay there, and you can walk right past it. So it's a monument to your failures, and you and you can save at any time and let you keep going. Uh, not in the remaster. No. The remaster doesn't have the instant save. It, that it doesn't have the rewind either. No, no, it's, no. Oh. You can't but, but cheat it is, your way. It is, it is way more master. playable because oh, it's, yeah. but I, the again, controls I, are way more responsive. I spent the so, like I, the third thing I dove into was the original after. Endure, not enduring, but like a just being overwhelmed with all this information. And and the last thing I want to say about it is like I don't know or care about Karateka. I have never seen a product like this that made me care so much about a thing I've never experienced and made me want to experience. Think about a game you love. You want a gold series version of that. That should happen. Maybe not with everything, but at least like maybe Criterion. think of it to answer our question of the week because that might be the question of the Ooh, week this week. Yeah. Oh man, I wanted to just mention Virtual on again. I thought it was going to be a mech game. <laughs> but, um, also, but, I, Jordan mech game. Yeah, I should point out. <laughs> oh, Mechner, Greg's uh, back. I should point out it's it's also not just Karateka. They also have Death yeah. Bounce, which is mm-hmm. his like unpublished asteroids esque game that like Broderbun like had made him do several different versions of, and then said like, "Yeah, we're we not publishing it. this. Try again." Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there, there's a remastered version or like a remake of that that you know Digital Eclipse has been doing that with with a lot of their stuff. Like we'll throw in which some is remakes good. The of remakes, like the remakes yep. yeah, pretty good. Yars Revenge and Haunted House and uh, and now Karateka and Death Bounce. So that's pretty cool. It's, yeah, there's a lot of games on here besides just four Karateka versions. There, there's a lot to like. So it's a, it's yeah, a confusing bucks, it ti- it's a confusing title, but I, I I consider it my mission and everyone out there listening. Make sure you educate your friends on what the Gold series for from Digital Clips are, because if they make more of these, everyone should buy every single. One. Yeah, I mean, yes, imagine the, them doing this with a game that we all grew up with and really loved. Like, you know, Karateka, yeah. don't get me wrong, I know that it has its fans, but it, Michael, do this with, it, like, Mega Man 2? Oh my god, people would go yeah, through Well, the that's that's sort of what they started to do with the Kawabunga collection. Like, you can go through, Chris Kohler worked on that too, where there's, like, a bunch of design docs and stuff. It wasn't as lavish as the museum presentations in this and Atari 40. It's but true. Okay, okay right. wait yeah. a second. The Street Fighter 30th anniversary version is that. Wait a second. So this this is the, my only, like, 
and I, I, I've asked people behind the scenes and haven't gotten a good answer out of this. Greg and I have worked at a Japanese company. Mm-hmm. They will never participate in anything like this if any of them still work there. And that's what I'm worried about. Like, um, cause most of the, the games of our childhood are Japanese and, most of the people who made those games don't work at those companies. You anymore. know who Jordan might... Mechner is is an original, like self contained guy. Mm. Yeah, and he no longer really I... is part of the traditional publishing work. You know who might though? Square. Square maybe looks yeah. back at their history and actually does a lot of stuff to pay tribute to that. They've done a lot. Like I remember once I read like a, an oral history of Final Fantasy VII, that I was shocked the access these people got. So they've they've done some of that stuff. Yeah. I, I you were there. I asked Kohler off mic, like, is this hard? And he's like, I'm trying to, I'm tired. I don't want to answer. But like, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, Greg and I worked at a Japanese company and getting an answer out of some of those older people is not possible because like, yeah. it, it, this is all secret ingredients. Why would I give you the secret ingredients? to how well, There's a lot of American game. companies that well, have made amazing games that we all love too, though. So, you know. Partly, There's a I lot to it, mine. It depends who's asking, you know, like where it comes oh, from definitely. and what, what the trust it, Nothing I is. asked for there made any fucking... <laughs> but, and, and also, what? yeah, like what's the what's the, what's in it for them? You know, is it worth mm-hmm. the time investment? And then also I think there's sort of an, an embarrassment factor of, well, we don't yeah. have that information anymore because we didn't we didn't preserve any yeah. of that stuff. Or I, I killed a guy and left him in the gutter, stole his wallet, and th- this is the only design document I have. Like that's <laughs> that's what I imagine J- Japanese gaming is like. But there's, I mean, like there is stuff of that nature out there. Actually, a book I translated a couple couple years ago um, for Udon hmm. has interviews with uh, some of the original creators of Street Fighter, and they um, they get pretty into the weeds, and you know. I, I I know I know, but it's just like like they didn't designate themselves as the criterion of games. They're just doing these things. Uh, games deserve their criterion collection. It's impossible for digital clips to to produce things at that volume. It would have to be like one or two things a year rather than eight or nine things a month. So yeah. that is impossible for them to tackle. Someone else, need, but but like again, in terms of preservation and uh, documentaries interactively holy shit that that's the only thing i was going to point out because like the dvd technology you were looking at i want more context on a film in a film medium greg is recommending a book to (laughs) to to dig into more of a game like putting it in the game is so unbelievably like well utilized it's very very good Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. very good, yeah. and it'll make it like things you would get from a book. You can get while playing something. Very amazing. Yeah, making Karate. of Karateka comes with a very strong recommendation from us. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, once again, full disclosure: like we know Hold those over. people. They they gave us free copies, but unironically, just a fucking. I was and so pleased to see hurricane. this game. Yeah, <laughs> but even Chris loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Goodbye Volcano High also surprised me by how charming it is. I wasn't now expecting I it to be that cool. But uh, it's it's basically, like you you might have seen it, it's, you know, teenage dinosaurs. Uh, it, it may have the first ever non-binary goth, possibly Muslim uh, pterodactyl musician protagonist. Uh, <laughs> that checks a lot of Twitter boxes. Everyone mm. should love this game. 
<laughs> but uh, no, I, I I actually really enjoy it because it's it's very feels very relatable and modern. And you know, it starts out it's just like, hey, New Year of High School, we're all seniors, and uh, Fang, the main character, has this band that they want to take, and you know, you know, they 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 it starts with you getting an audition with like a local music producer. It's like this is huge. Why can't I make my bandmates care about it? And then phones start shorting out, and then, uh, oh, there's an asteroid that's been sighted at the edge of the solar system. It's 10 kilometers wide. Yeah, it heavily implies, it's like, oh, these are dinosaurs. Well, what happened to the dinosaurs? And yeah. they're like, and immediately kind of you get those. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm giggling when Michael's like, yeah, it's really relatable. I'm like... I had the opposite experience. Never has a game made Matthew feel so old and, and out of it as this game. Like, this is the first time I'm like, I am way too old to be playing this game. Because it just made me feel like a dude in his 40s. And I'm like, I get that this is cool. But I feel like teenagers and 20-somethings would totally, you know, vibe with this game. Whereas yeah. I'm, I've, I I feel like the old dude in the club. Like, hey, but, fellow but kids. But for me, this, this vibes so hard with my memories of high school. It's just like, okay, yeah, sure. no, I, I could relate to this. This is what it was like for me, you know, 30, 27 years ago, I guess. It, it has strong Night in the Woods vibes. It's like a weird yeah. combo of like Night in the Woods meets a Telltale game meets... But, you know, don't look up. (laughs) We've been over this a lot on the show, folks. I don't normally like visual novel games. And one thing to its credit, it's more like an interactive cartoon than a visual novel. Like, I'm not reading. It it feels like I'm watching a Netflix series or something. And then I'm asked to make a dialogue choice. And what's interesting is that if like it'll present choices to you that would be out of character for like a sort of socially withdrawn goth kid. And, And so, like, you do something that is just like. Well, this requires a certain measure of humiliation or like mm. confidence, and it like it turns it like you can't just push the button; it will turn it into a little mini game where it you just, have to like squeeze yeah. the triggers and enforce yourself to do it. And then there's oh, some- that okay, the phone thing it did that with me with the teacher where it's like let let her have your phone oh, or yeah, hold on yeah, to your yeah. phone. Uh-huh. I had to like click the button like no, I'm keeping my goddamn cell phone. Yeah, yeah. A- yeah. But and and then there's certain options that it's like oh yeah no. Uh, mom and dad haven't texted me all week and then it's just like one of the options is it, it kind of hurts and then if you pick that one it just like grays out and turns into static it's like eh, it's fine i guess and then you i have wanted to, to ask you about one. the static thing i couldn't tell if that was because the responses were on a timer and i was missing the timer or is it literally like no you can just never select those options because yeah, it's, uh, no, it's just like you know that that's ah. that's internal voice only the character ah. will never acknowledge that uh, but it, and, it's neat. I, I also like that. Like, it's more like an interactive car- cartoon in that, like, it's really well performed, like yeah. all voice lines. But I'm skipping ahead because I'm reading the subtitles faster than the performance. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it still doesn't feel like, like you know, some of those, uh, like Doki Doki Literature Club, where it's like you have to read every line, right. and, yeah. and that gets really old. There really should quick. be an like, option you know, to, to skip the just. Oh, oh. Like, how many ways can you sigh for more than I mean, a second? It's, it's like, not that anime. It's, 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 oh, okay. it's more it's, Western it's, style. I it's just got a lot of music, mini thing. rhythm I'm, games and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, but, but I, I found the rhythm games were, the rhythm was slightly off. Like, it wasn't matching yeah, my computer. I, I feel like, yeah, maybe the frame rate compared to my TVs. Like, it, it's that classic rhythm game problem that we've had since we had HD TVs. It, like, oh, yeah. slightly it's out of sync. The, the Parappa the Rapper remix. Like, mm-hmm. why do I suck at this now? That's impossible. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's impossible to, to do. 
Yeah, but wow. it, it's really cool. It also reminds me a little bit of like Life is Strange with the the music mm-hmm. uh, vibes and, and everything of the game. It's it's like that. Like, which Life is Strange? Trust me, when I played that, I felt old already. So this is just I want yeah. uh, Dan the Diver vibes, like creating mm. mundanity. Dave the great, Diver, yeah, Dave the Diver. My bad. Uh, Greg told game. me the wrong game name. Of the year. Um, I mean, game of the year. I, I also think it's interesting <laughs> because it got, me, it got me thinking about what's it like to be a teenager right now when there's all these looming apoc- apocalyptic issues, yeah, like man. you have to worry about climate change and COVID and all this other shit. Uh, yeah. It's it's heavy. It's heavy to be just starting your life and you know worried about it ending. Yeah, um, fucking homophobes. Why are authoritarians <laughs> running the government? Aren't these people voted know. in? Like, not really. Uh, because people th- are afraid of non-binary goth Muslim pterodactyl teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me shit down a second. Let me tell you about gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a, this is another old guy moment. So I'm playing like one of the opening scenes. Like um, the older brother comes in the room and he pops his head in and he instead of saying "Hey sis," he goes "Hey Sib," mm-hmm. and I'm like. Oh, is that because they're non-binary? And mm-hmm. that's like instead of saying "Hey, sis" or "bro," but I didn't know. So Just I went to the twenty-somethings man. at work, and I asked the twenty-somethings, and they didn't know. They're like, "I don't know. I've never heard that expression." I'm like, "You're too old for this expression." Ha ha. Yeah. No, I know what Sib stood for, but I didn't know that that's an alternate. I didn't know if that's a real expression or just something this game made up. Basically. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how far you've played in, but it becomes clear that like the brother is making an effort to recognize this and, you know, be inclusive. And, you know, it comes up to, like, the mom uses their dead name a lot. They're like, oh, tell Fatima to do her chores. And like, oh, wait, sorry. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, kids out there, I don't know if your mom will ever use your non-dead name. Your mom, <laughs> she will be the most guilty of that throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. Your mom gave you that name. It's a hard habit to break. Yeah, get it. like she dreamed about that name. Oh man! But also, I thought it was interesting that, like, yeah, oh, an asteroid roughly ten kilometers in length. And I looked up what size was Chicxulub, and the the asteroid that impacted in the Yucatan made that giant crater that they think killed the dinosaurs ten kilometer ah, ten kilometers across. There so, you go. Mm-hmm. Created that giant fucking vert ramp. Sorry, mm-hmm. watched some one Rick and Morty <laughs> TikToks recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a it's a neat game. I, yeah, I like it, I'm, I'm liking it so far. It is, but how do you guys like Samba de Amigo Party hey, Central? S- speaking of rhythm games, um, so yeah, we I got us codes to this one because this is a Sega game. So I'll mm-hmm. preface that up front. But like, I was really curious about this title, and I had played it a few times just internally and stuff. And um, I'm a I massive was Samba curious Amigo. because because like yeah, the original Samba de Amigo Dreamcast. Had the maracas and everything like that, and I'm just like, man, I really want this to be just an amazing return. And and honestly, the game itself is like, I love, I, I loved what I played. Um, it it's responsive. I'm, we're playing on Switch, and so you know, you, you got your little, like it it can read if you're shaking your maracas up or sideways or down, and and that all works properly no, it's, and it's stuff like just that. Just like the Dreamcast game with the Joy Cons. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I had to ask. Matt. Uh, the music choices are pretty. They're actually Fucking pretty cool. Amazing. By the way, can I get into my spiel? Please. Uh, well, one, I'm a big. I played every Samba de Amigo game. Um, yep. The Morocco thing, like we would have parties based around it. It is always really fun. Uh, Amigo, when he's losing and dancing, that is me in a nutshell. Like <laughs> his his wincing face. <sighs> I'm doing my best out here in the dance floor. <laughs> cup of life 
Oh, uh, that oh my god, it's my favorite thing in the universe. But like, um, the Switch was as of this day of recording my video game savior because I lost and still don't have power. Yeah. And I was you able to say Switch, without. play Switch, and and Sega weirdly has been my savior. Also, it'll probably be over by now. But like, Panzer Dragoon was like two dollars down from twenty. Uh, bought that too, so like I'm just like saying the fuck out. Uh, if if I didn't elaborate earlier, like fireman evacuation, natural disaster, 125 mile per hour winds, power outages, around 3 p.m. after I've sawed a tree in half and rescued a dog. Uh, this all really happened today. Um, but hey. You got Crush 40 on Samba de Amigo yeah, and dude. you can dance the Dude, I, I was able to play Samba de Amigo undocked <laughs> with the con- with, with the controls because, like, I tried... Dude, I was, like, mounting it on my refrigerator. <laughs> like, how can I get this oh, eye level because, like, my eyesight sucks. I have done um, ring fit with my Switch screen on my thermostat. Like, you can do yeah. that shit. Like, it's, you know, it, it happens. It, it's, it, it's possible. It, oh, god damn it. Um, it's possible... And what I was really getting at was, I, I told you guys that the, the quiet before the storm is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard during a hurricane. A hurricane, Greg, like a mega buster, soaks up all weather. So before it hits, like you just hear nothing, and then like a hundred miles away, you hear creepy. It's horror movie style. So it had already happened. Um, it had already happened, and it sucked up all the weather, so everything is quiet, and all you hear in the distance, and I wanted to get a fucking sound clip of this, is generators and chainsaws in the distance, like, except for me, in my on my porch, avoiding, <laughs> who's doing Samba de Amigo. <laughs> uh, with with the sonic ring collection sound instead of the signature shake that you mm-hmm. you can have because we got the we got the deluxe editions of the game so there's like a sonic costume a tails costume sonic ring sound eggman maracas it's it's some good ah, stuff delicious. there's there's puyo, no, was, puyo puyo maracas i was more setting a mood of like i'm on my porch shirtless because it's fucking a hundred degrees and no air conditioning and no fans work do you just hear and then except for my porch which adjacently you hear me rocking out to my favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song hell yeah (laughs) busting ass in Samba de Amigo Uh, it was it was a glory I owe so much to Samba de Amigo it was like the first interactive product I was able to accurately fucking deal with during a goddamn hurricane like um, i would just say I, this like if you if you've been playing the just dance games if you like those taiko drum games um that bandai puts out like it's every bit as good as that stuff no, no, and no. It has some has a good soundtrack on hold there. the and phone on that cell if you like just dance games like where's the lady gaga song just dance it's in samba de Amigo. Like I, I, (laughs) (laughs) um, and by the way, hot strat, if you're missing the sombrero, it's just like one song away because you earn enough coins where you just go unlock it in the store and you can you can put it back on that bad boy. It's not appropriation if you equip it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, Sea of Stars 
also came out. Uh, Matt, What's Matt, the deal with this game? Yeah, we played a bit of it. It's by the uh, the studio that made The Messenger. And, and apparently it's in the same huh. universe as The Messenger. Is it's it a prequel really? to The Messenger. That's what they say on their website. They're like, how is this related to The Messenger? It's like, play it and find out. It is apparently a prequel to The Messenger in some way, which is why I, we were talking before we recorded. It's like, so I think where Michael and I both are in the game is like, it's starting to open up a little bit. Uh, it has an overly long tutorial, but I'm, I'm like, I'm failing to see this game's getting universally, you know, good reviews, and I'm failing to see, like, it's it's fine. It's it's a good retro throwback. Kind of has the look of like, oh, they could probably have had that running on a PS One, like cartoony style, where it's way better than anything a 16-bit era game could do, and you know, but like not polygonal or anything. It's still still pixel graphics. But yeah. I'm like. But I don't get why it's getting such high scores. And I'm thinking it's because, like, if you played The Messenger, you know, at, at some point in The Messenger, there's sort of a twist in a, in a thing that makes The Messenger no longer just a Ninja Gaiden clone. And so I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop with this game. Like, th- that has to be in here. There has to be yeah. some we're, twist or We're hook. still pretty close to the beginning. And, and I will admit that, like, yeah, starting the game, and it begins sort of like in Medius Res, where you have these two, like, you know... Uh, young trained soldiers, and it's like, oh, we're we're going to this thing and uh, whatever, and talking about our friend who isn't here, and like, oh man, I can see why he didn't join us after what happened. And then it's like, now it's a flashback, and you're playing them as kids, and it's like, okay, so this is going to last like you know, fifteen minutes. I'm going to go back to the game. No, because now it, it's a flashback through their whole lives, and they're going to go and get trained and. Uh, stay for years at the school with just them and this headmaster and a couple of other warriors who sometimes come to train them. And, and uh, sewing. Don't mm-hmm. forget the sewing. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of sewing. And they're all going to fuck each other at the end. I'm thinking of Maybe. Stephen King's It. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. okay. Yeah. I'm could sorry. be. It could be. Could be. But uh, it is, like, I, like Matt was saying, it's super pretty. Uh, it, it It's very heavily Chrono Trigger inspired where, like, you know, a monster will jump out and then it'll go into a turn-based battle on the map like you don't go into a separate battle screen. Uh, Same composer as the Chrono Trigger really? for a few oh, songs cool. in the game. Not not every song, I'm pretty sure, but it's a few songs. It's the Chrono Trigger composer. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it, you know, it has a lot of promise at this point, and obviously it's getting very critically acclaimed. So people who have finished the game have clearly seen something that we haven't being relatively close to the start. Yeah, it's it's not bad so far. I'm just very like, okay, this is a very by-the-numbers, like, retro RPG throwback. I'm not seeing the eights or nines in here yet, you know? Like, yeah. I'm waiting for, for that to manifest. But it's good. It's, it's good mm-hmm. so far, so... Yeah, so Blasphemous 2, pretty great uh, Metroidvania game. Gives you more weapons. More weapons to play around with. Very, very heavily influenced by, like, medieval Spanish Catholic iconography. Uh, Everything is pain and suffering, and uh, you're trying to prevent uh, the birth of some baby by this world's god, which is called the Miracle. And, uh, yeah, uh, also Under the Waves, a... Very similar to Fort Solus that came out last week and that it's kind of a slow-paced, very tense, uh, this time underwater adventure set in like a retro-futuristic 1970s. Where do you they- see Troy Baker's butthole? You do not see Troy Baker's butthole. Well, then, uh, I mean, what are we doing here? Mm. We should be playing Fort Solace. That That's point. true, but you can swim around. and uh, trying. I to was find- there for that, by the way, folks. I huh. saw that. I saw Keeley getting quote-unquote attacked or rushed uh-huh. the stage. I was there at opening night live, man. You only saw it on a stream, he man. I lived by, it. 
a butthole? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it was it was a bad joke. That, yeah, yeah, that was... Roger Clark, who's also an actor in Fort Solis, said, uh, "I I come in and I see Troy Baker's butthole, and uh, it's it's a hole that he made in the wall when he ah, uh, slammed into it during motion capture that was made by his butt, and he signed it. So, hooray! Uh, Yay! <laughs> jokes. Awesome. He's got jokes. Yeah. Uh, Trying five. Did you play this at all, Matt? Of course not. Up right. to five? I haven't they played a trying game since two. I've played. I stopped at two. I tapped out. No Do you control trying. five different characters now, or is it still just three? I, I think it's called know. trying because there are three <laughs> yeah. characters. I think yeah. that's the, yeah. that's the try. But it's, but it's called five. Look, Greg, we're called tryhards, and there are dozens of us, and we're fans <laughs> of the series. It's been going on for five titles. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now I know. All right. Well, let's move on to. Well, there was a uh, Nintendo Direct for Super Mario Wonder that I'm sure was good, but oh. uh happened after we recorded this, so we'll talk about that next week. So, uh, yeah, oh. but what news we can talk about with Nintendo, the Switch. You guys heard oh. of this platform. Before you move on, one last remaining thing from new releases. Yes. I cannot believe Sea of Stars comes out the same week as Early Access for Starfield. Uh, which it'll, it'll be out on early access uh, for for people who bought like the premium edition. By the time you hear this, we'll talk about it next week. Anyway, sorry, I continue. I Matt. can't believe you stepped on my segue for a Starfield reference. <laughs> if you're here. paying for Starfield early and aren't a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/LazyTime, mm-hmm. shame on you. That's two hundred and fifty fucking dollars. <laughs> really? That's no. like yes. No, no. Oh, wait, wait, it's wait, no, it's no, like no. forty dollars if you pay if you it's have ninety dollars. Sorry, it's one of those things that I like. I did for like for the last Forza Horizon. You can just buy. I love this. You can just buy the expansion, but not the game, and get mm-hmm. all the goodies and feel like mm-hmm. you're getting a deal for giving them more money for DLC. Yep. Fucking yep. well, what is this world? But or, anyway, or, or three days early playtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, more Nintendo news. Uh, the Switch. It's a big platform. You guys have probably heard of it. Um, it I is saw, past- I can play today. It is past sort of a, a landmark number. Um, we always talk about folks have no idea how big a seller the Wii was. The the, the Wii as a console, one of the best sellers of all time. Um, and the Switch just passed the total sales of the Wii. Whoa! Uh, so yeah, it's doing all right. Um, Whoa! Yeah, and so it, it's selling more than 100 million units worldwide. So that is a massive, massive, massive uh, console sales uh, milestone. And congrats to Nintendo. It's also just been a massive year for that platform. But it, I think we can all acknowledge, like, it's very much starting to feel like the swan song. Like, this, these are... We're going to get some really classic games. We've got Tears of the Kingdom, no, that was, this sort of thing. That like, was the, the, the internal numbers. Like, uh, we're like PS2 at year five. Like... We're never going to do this again. We have to make a new mm-hmm. system. Yeah. When was the last time a Nintendo console got two Zeldas when the new one wasn't already out yet? Like, yeah. GameCube and Wii both yeah. got two Zelda games, but like it came or, or no, 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 no. Wii U, Wii U got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm confused. Yeah. Well, several Zeldas. Yeah. yeah. Wii U got like if you count the HD remasters, it got got several. A lot of ports. Yeah. But, but but more than anything, I want to see um, the best-selling Mario Kart game 
I would rather be the best Mario Kart game and not the worst Mario Kart game. So seeing Mario Kart Wii overtaken by Mario Kart 8 Deluxe hmm. would really jiggle my balls. <laughs> uh, put that in the box. Yeah. Put that in the box. Jiggle Santista's balls. Uh, like Mario Kart Wii is one of the best selling like standalone games of all time. It's the worst Mario game ever. Hmm. Or Mario Kart game. I'll take the word it. for it. I never played yeah, I didn't. it. Oh, I well, it. that's because you're wrong, man. That's fine. But it had the steering wheel. So some other data was revealed in this report. Um, so, I mean, part of the reason this could have hit this this big milestone, Zelda has already sold 18 million units as of June for, for just Tears of the Kingdom. That's, that's fucking that's, crazy. That's an insane amount of mm. games in just a couple months there. Um, but it compared – so like um, – this and by the way, now the Switch is just trailing the Xbox 360 lifetime sales by like a million units, and the PS2 by like five million. So it'll hit, it'll reach those because it's not, it's not done. So like this could the be the Switch is going to outsell the PS2. That's yeah, fucking nuts. Yeah. It's, wow. it's, it's, it's a benchmark for home console. Oh, it's a huge thing. But that um, some numbers were also revealed about this gen. So uh, so far, the PS5 has sold about five percent more units than the PS4 did. And 87% more than the PS3 did in lifetime sales. Xbox Series X slash S sales, so remember, two consoles and one there. They're about 6% ahead of the Xbox 360. And this was shocking to me, 10% behind the Xbox One sales uh, to what? life what? to date so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the Xbox One outsold the Xbox Series X and S together to date. I think I think it's by this point in their life cycle are those stats. Um, so yeah, you know, I I don't I don't see I don't understand. Uh, but uh, the one thing I didn't mention is take my advice, do what I say. Game deals. We are time is so like dissolved for us. The PS5 and Series X are on sale. Damn they. It feels like that you Matt, just say how how <laughs> yeah I've never seen <laughs> like, it. like how but uh, yeah there's you can get fifty dollars off a uh, PS5 and like seventy bucks off a Series X at retailers I don't have like these things have been impossible to find for three years let alone been on sale it's nuts like oh, I know the, how it does, if you, I know how. They're increasing the price, the price of PlayStation yes. Plus significantly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah uh, that's another news story. PlayStation is increasing the price of the annual PS Plus subscription. So the base level, essential PS Plus, that's the thing that gets you the free games. Um, it is going from fifty nine ninety nine per year to seventy nine ninety nine. So a twenty dollar jump. The extra, that's the mid tier, which gets you uh, get you newer games. Greg, I did. Uh, the, the extra is going from 100 bucks a year to 135 It's weird that the next tier up is jumping by even more. That, that 40 is strange. Bucks. Yeah. And then the premium tier is going from 119 to 159 per year. That's just the yeah. annual. So you can imagine yes. what that means for the monthly rates going up. Like Which that they means have, pro- they haven't announced yet. That they they haven't announced that, but that probably means that premium tier is going up by about 10 bucks a month. Like if if you're That's, actually more, because if you if you take nuts. this, well, I'm sorry, no, if you take this increase, 40 bucks per year, I'm guessing by buying annually, you're going to save yourself probably 10 bucks or something off what you would do separately. So that probably means 50 bucks over the course of the year. So okay, so the, so that's going up maybe, you know. 
under under five bucks a month or something. But still, like that's still a four to five dollar increase per month for for that level. And again, this is just my best guess, but like it's also really fun to mention. If you buy digitally, you cannot buy in tiers other than a year. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, but they they sell the packages. Yeah, yeah, they sell the packages, and it's also it's it's worth saying, like me, if you took advantage of one of those new egg deals and I, I right. I'm paid through like 2027 you're fine until your subscription renewal is up and then you will pay but by the by the time Matt has to reevaluate this he will have a different body <laughs> he will be in a cybernetic organism but but here's the matter. problem so if you're jumping from like essential level to extra and you do it after they change the pricing you're going to pay that new rate. They're going to hit you with that new rate. So just word to the wise, if you, you may want to get in there soon and do that if, if it's not already too late. But I, um, just, I just, I, I yelled at you guys earlier, like I understand subscription rates, but I also understand that Uber model where like, we're just going to make everything incrementally more expensive. And $20 is a big hike. Like typically yeah. Netflix and Disney plus and Hulu do like, two dollars a month not <laughs> well it's twenty dollars like, like, a year it's it's not twenty bucks a month it's twenty dollars per year but it, I know you can imagine saying, that's going to be like two dollars which not too surprising remember we just announced a few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago microsoft just recently did a similar thing they increased the price of all their two dollars a month they did pass. yeah yeah so uh, and i I, yeah. I buy annually and feel like i'm stealing from microsoft however i was just like not a question of the week, but like how many subscription services can you engage in? And I was just like, I can't do more than five <laughs> in a month. Like I just can't endure that much content. Uh, I can't uh, at all. And I realized like I have like eight subscription services and I just can't. I, I mean, I did a wide swath of can Dude, streaming wise, the writer strike is going to put all that on pause anyway. So here's what's happening with a lot of these services that I wonder if Microsoft and Sony take a pass at this. A lot of services – and I, I recently did it with Disney's because like I dropped ESPN Plus because I never watched it. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm paying too much. I went – I got the same tier but I went to ad supported. And I wonder if there will be an ad supported version of Game Pass and PlayStation that it's a little bit cheaper out of our pocket every month but we basically get hit with ads and that's how they make their money there is that's the no only other way option. this stuff would go down there's yeah. the there's no other option to make this more affordable and e- e- even even then like like how do you pay for more than five i can't do it i cannot engage with this the same amount i'm engaging with one version of armored core I, can you can you I, imagine though if an ad ran every time you booted up a Game Pass game, you just got hit with like a one to two minutes of ads? Like, uh, I'd be furious, but I'd be like, ah, we had, had to delay thirty twenty ten, but I had to watch one of the things on a free service on my phone, and they extended a ninety minute movie for two hours, two and a half hours, and Jesus. it like there's not enough movie here to encompass two and a half hours. I am miserable. I hate the service and I'll never use it again. Well, um, I, I've never contemplated YouTube premium until recently. I started, I, I had one of those like subscription monthly membership things and workout apps that get you access to a bunch of workouts. And I, I canceled that speaking of too many subscriptions. And I started just, I was like, wow, YouTube has a bunch of free, you know, spin classes, or whatever. I can just do this until I realized I was getting hit mid workout with a block of ads that like my workout yeah. 
doesn't stop. So I can't, you know, it's like, I guess I just keep pedaling until they come back here. But then mm. I looked into it. I'm like, YouTube premium is like 16 bucks per month. That's way too much for what it is. That should be like five it's, bucks to give me no ads. It's the highest. After I canceled Sling, it's the highest I pay for any certain. But I use YouTube more than I use Disney Plus, more than I use Hulu, more than I use Netflix. And I need it for work. I need to not. I need to not have uh, play a throw, clip and throw have the progressive lady off. interrupt yeah, my yeah. clips that I play in the podcast. What was it? I was reading about something the other day where like a wedding DJ played uh, Princess Purple Rain as the wedding march as the bride's like walking down the aisle, and uh, but was playing it off of YouTube, and an ad starts <laughs> oh, no. playing in the middle. Liz, meet Brad. <laughs> exactly. I so want it to be like a fucking blue chew ad or just something mortifying. <laughs> yeah, like I have a friend who's like disturbingly become very Christian and, and like, we're going to watch the, the the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. Like, we're all playing it and let's watch the movie. And, and like, there was a razor ad for w- women's pubic hair and he was just like, oh, oh. Oh, I'm like, oh, you won't understand I, my internet searches. Shit. I'm like, oh, like I, I, I can't endure this. I'm like, and I just wanted to fucking strangle him by the throat. Like, I do want not- you to know that's not how 99.9% of Christians are. That's just a weirdo. Your friend's just being a weirdo there. No, I was calling him out. Christian. I was calling him out. He's been yeah, on the show before. Figure out who he is. And he's not mad. Hmm. Um, now but, but, he goes by shoot Steve now. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm laughing at my own bad joke. No, 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 it's not him. But like, uh, but yeah, he. Was I used like, to be crazy. I used to slick my hair back. Fucking sloppy steaks. They call me shit. How is this appropriate? And like, are you not shaving your pubic hair? You fucking monster. Fuck Manscaped. I, I, I will never be sponsored with them again. Shave ah. your pubic hair, everyone. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to get us back to PlayStation Plus. By Please. the way, um, so for that extra money, here's what you get. I mean, this is, come on, guys. You got Saints Row from last year. Oh. Uh, you get a version of Black Desert Online, Ooh. which is that MMO that you guys haven't been playing. By the makers yeah. of Crimson Desert, which I guess uh, is single player. And then Generation Zero. You could get Generation <laughs> Zero. Yeah, wanna? That's that's the Wants one with the, uh, cool. the the Swedish teenagers in the alternate '80s fighting robot aliens, right? It is. That mm-hmm. is. I, I the am one. officially canceling canceling my PS Plus. But in fairness to PS Plus, I know a guy at Ubisoft, and that's a pretty good deal <laughs> you don't know a guy at Ubisoft <laughs> um, it really well, is well if you if you know a guy at Bethesda I do have to give you some advice maybe don't get some codes from him and try to resell those or don't steal mm. copies of the game or leak it online because the dude who leaked Starfield early he's been arrested uh, not only did he leak it early he oh. tried to sell copies and they're still trying to figure out how this dude got copies I, I mean maybe he broke super early street date from a retail store or something but like he has been arrested and what I would say to you is like hey just wait this game is quote unquote free dude. to most of us like you don't need to play Starfield that you, badly to, you to could have streamed this, this a week early and made like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars and you tried selling it yeah, you nuts? He tried selling like, it. Thinking small. I think he did both. I think he streamed it early, and that's how they knew he had oh, it, because he leaked man. that footage. 
And so then I think he tried to double dip. He got greedy and said, oh, yeah. I got some codes. I'm going to try to sell this. Um, but yeah, not worth it. Uh, speaking of Bethesda, who knows if it'll be worth the wait, but sure it has been a long wait. Hey, guys, you remember that game, The Elder Scrolls Six, which was announced in the year of our Lord 2018? <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Vaguely. It is now officially entered early development, according oh, to Todd Howard. <laughs> We're in pre-production, people. You, you say that like the logo wasn't awesome. <laughs> I'm glad they spent uh, several years I mean, it was... I, we've talked on the show, but like that was very much like a. I think this was pre-Microsoft acquisition. That, that was it like was. a shareholder announcement. That was a stockholder. Like uh, we'll let we're letting you know we're going to be a company for five more years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and then Todd Howard, you know, his explanation was the entire team has been focused on getting Starfield out the door. All hands on deck. Oh, yeah. We've been, you know, like no one has had time. Because I, I think everyone yeah. assumed like, well, don't they have split teams? They had the Fallout team and the Elder Scrolls team. Like, can't they have been working on these things simultaneously? And in theory, yes. Because if you know the way game development works is like the pre-pro stuff, like concept art and stuff like that. Those guys aren't still working on Starfield. They're done. Their job is done. They've, it's been done for months. Mm-hmm. But that's probably when that stuff kicked off for Elder Scrolls is, is those folks rolled off. But it, it's a lot later than I think a lot of us were thinking. Mm. It, it also means you won't get an, another Fallout game for like six years. Like seven years. You're, look out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they, well, well, we have Fallout 76 that they've been putting out all those updates for. I think there is a, a new-ish update as well, which is I, like... I, I hear there's a new hat. It's great. It, it does. That's the thing. Is as I'm sorry to say, Fallout 76 doesn't count. Okay, it, it it doesn't count. Um, but when asked, like, hey, do you guys think you announced um, Elder Scrolls Six too early? Todd Howard is, he admitted, but then he did. He said this. He goes, yeah, I think I probably would have announced it in a more casual manner. To which I asked the question, why announce it at all? Don't, it's, it wasn't how you announced it, dude. It was the fact that you announced it in 2018 before any work had been done on that yeah. game other and, than a logo. And it's one of those things like we know it's coming eventually, just right. like we've always known Grand Theft Auto 6 was coming. But maybe like if you announce Bill it, Clinton wants to play it. you're building anticipation and hype. And and mm-hmm. like if you if you announce it, people think like, oh, it's within a year or two of release. They don't think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I remember being in that meeting with Michael with Rockstar, where he's just like, uh, "This is the last DLC." I'm like, "What do you mean last DLC?" He's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna like GTA Five. Like that's what we're doing." And <laughs> he said that he said that to everybody, and like Rockstar confirms GTA Five. I'm like, Rockstar being alive confirmed yeah. GTA yeah. Five. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And, and that's what he thought too. He's like, "Yeah, we're just." He, he didn't say GTA Five. He said the next GTA. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he it's like got a, a course, yeah. A rainstorm of shit. Like, did you just announce it? No, it's just what is you should naturally assume Rockstar is doing. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, just like Bethesda. Like, look, they've sold they've sold Skyrim in how many different packages on how many different platforms across how many years? Of course, there's going to be another Elder Scrolls. Yes. Like, yes. You know what they should have done is it's, just gotten a T-shirt that says "We do it." And then, and had made a video of him saying that on their <laughs> Facebook page. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, no but, it's funny. but I'm still in love with it. That, you oh, had such Chris, conviction, we had know. to laugh. This is how they announced the Resident Evil 2 remake. 
You don't. No I, one remembers we, this. I was having that, to ask my friends there, like, are you still making Resident Evil Two? <laughs> the producer of the Resident Evil series like commandeered the Resident Evil Facebook page and recorded a video of himself with a T-shirt that says "We Do It," which was meant no, to I... was meant to convey that yeah, we're going to make. This wow. highly demanded thing. <laughs> I, Greg, I love this. I love this abusive relationship you have with Capcom still after working there. Like you still sort of <laughs> follow their me, shit. Man, like, it, I, I well, get this it. was when I was still there. It was. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. But I'm, Cause, I'm cause, just shocked. Because after that you guys I stopped working at Capcom, I, I we, stopped caring about Resident Evil, period. That's fair. Yeah. But it did. <laughs> I was, the, the We Do It kind of got memed for a while. Yeah. Yeah, nice, great tackle. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe Very he showed coherent. up at a Keeley press conference with a "We Do It" shirt, and we just didn't. I, I more like you know. the black and white infomercial footage of a family. Has this ever happened to you? In a family being delivered a meal that's replaced by the Street Fighter Cross Tekken logo, and they're just like, ah, like, <laughs> I, 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 our whole family hates this, even the little girl. <laughs> I remember that. It's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, you know, now I would like to announce that is all the news that's fit to play. There you go. Hooray. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was with Charles Martinet stepping down, who do you think should be the new voice of Mario? Uh, Greg, you weren't here last week. Do you have an opinion on... Uh... Who should be the me. next voice? Me. me. How about me. Roberto Benigni? Is he still alive? Oh, I think I said that's that. a pretty good. Yeah, I think he did say that. Oh. that. that's a pretty good one, actually. I think oh. I think you're right. I think he should be. Like two two votes makes me think this is a, a yeah. certainty. Well, now. that settles it. We don't need to read. <laughs> these. Is the is the is the guy who played? Uh, let's see, one of the Soprano guys. Who's the guy whose shirt you are? Bobby Bacala. Is he still alive, Chris? Can no, no, he, can it, he... it should be Vito, the guy who blew that guy at the construction site. <laughs> I was gonna um, say Vito or Bobby. It's one of those two. Should be the new Mario. Why won't let's anybody go. say me? I'm actually Italian. <laughs> actually, read the read, let's read some of the answers. Yeah. All the right. Uh, well. Oh! On the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Kyle Shu Shu says Chris Shoo. Chris Antista. Thank it's you. it's time for a real Italian American to voice Mario oh. this time. This Bowser's busting my balls, my Kyo. <laughs> Go away, this Bowser. Oh, I'm gonna give him such a scavaton when I get it down to it. Oh my god! Look, see, but Ryan Carlos says Ben Starr, aka Clive Rossfield from Final Fantasy 16. No, he already did an audition. It should be Martin Starr from Ed Wood and Dumb and Dumber. So there, there is a a 43 second clip here. Mario, you're looking for Mario because it's a Mia. (laughs) Look who it is, me. Mario, what the fuck are you looking at? It's a Mia, a Mario. Who am I? I'm a, a Mia, a Mario. Mia is a Mia, and I am a Mario. Fuck you, so it's sexy. me, Mario. Who am I? I'm a Mia, a Mario. Yeah, that's right. Mimi is a Mama, Mario. Mario, yeah, that's me. Go on then. Fucking leave. Then. It's me, Mario. That's fucking right. It's me fucking Mario. I'm not fucking Mario, I'm just Mario. Yeah, got him. Got him. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed uh, it. 
I, I share with you guys the, the tweet from a, a guy Michael likes, Am- Ryan. Amazing. Something. Ryan Amazing. Um, yeah. It was a retweet from Kanye West who was like, I will never make a diss record. I will never make a diss record. Like, oh, yes. Kanye. So about, he's like, that's what Mario says when he doesn't make his speed run. I will never make a diss record. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that around oh. to coworkers and I said, you have to read it out loud and then it'll make sense. And I slowly heard chuckles around the office as people <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> I heard one person say, oh, God, when they got it. <laughs> oh, God. A Kanye tweet is a perfect Mario line. <laughs> I will never make it his record. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, Nick Turner says, uh, Dan Levy. Just kidding. We all know the real choice is Santista. Uh, double Aww. just kidding. Dave Rudden is from New York. <laughs> Fuck you, Nick. Uh, and as a softer voice that works better for kid-friendly protagonists. <laughs> Shit, I barely started my voice recording career and now I'm fucking... Uh, yeah. Oh. Chris, do you oh have a God. Dave impersonation? I have to hear it if you do. Um, um, my favorite Dave line of all time in... No one gives them. We, we used to do full length movie commentaries on our, and we were watching Justice League. And that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's very in bad. In my movie. entire life. And Dave was like, we sometimes we would call him the quiet storm because he's the funniest guy to watch movies with. And he can deal you an insult very quiet. Like, he's very dry witted, dry sense of humor. Dave's. Yeah. Too nice to have done podcasts with me for as long as he did, uh, because we constantly made fun of one another. Dave never really gave me shit, but watching Justice League with him, he was just like, um, "Yeah, they needed Batman to invent to, to get Superman back to life. They needed Batman to build the machine, Wonder Woman to electrify it, Flash to go around in a circle and make it kinetic." And then they need Aquaman to put him in water. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like that whole movie, Snyder Cut or anything, is like that is the dumbest fucking scene because of how Dave said that. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty dumb to begin with, honestly. No really one gives, like, that is way worse than Nuke the Fridge. It is like, mm-hmm. it is a devastating takedown that no movie should come, come back. <laughs> I think they it cut that so... scene in the in the Zack Snyder <laughs> recut. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Connor it says, Nintendo should just pull a Solar Opposites and have Dan Stevens voice Mario in his normal English accent and just say he's always had it, and the audience should move <laughs> on. <laughs> sure. I, I should have answered with just Justin Roiland. Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh-wee, uh, I'm boy. Mario. Yeah. Ooh-wee. It'll send this yeah. way in the flashbacks, too, so don't ask questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew Bamer says, who's a top contributor, apparently, Captain Lou has been and always shall be my Mario. Honestly, Respect. I don't know who could take over, though. I've worked a booth near Martinet at a con, and the man is a machine, gleefully and constantly putting out Mario one-liners all weekend long. I just hope Pratt doesn't become the game replacement and they go with someone who has a similar sound. Okay, so stick with me here. This is going to get awkward. So Martinet, that's the thing. He's going to be doing the convention still because he's still this ambassador. 
are we going to get a fucking James Bond, the Sean Connery James Bond situation in a few years wow. where like Martin mm-hmm. A wants to do his own Mario game and but like the new or, voice. We're like, we're like Taito makes, we're making another platforming game with Italians and hiring Charles Martin <laughs> coming out against Super Mario Wonder. Mm-hmm. Or are they both just going to be at the same con, both charging like, yes, we are the voice of Mario and then we're going to have to make them fight and it's going to get awkward. Does this seem silly to you, Matt? Because Sonic always has like multiple voices in different media. There have been a lot of Sonic voices over like, the years, sure. Yeah. It, it, it should, again, like I said before, Something about this announcement sounds fishy. I don't if like If anything, it. it's a credit to Charles Martinet that he's done it as long as he yeah. has. So you know, No one has voiced a character man. for has like other than a couple Disney characters have announced have been a, a voice for those characters for as long as Martinet has. Milton. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. From the Twitter at Jeff BTW says, Naturally, John Torturo is the best choice to voice <laughs> Mario. Mm-hmm. But he has to voice him as a Southern Italian American, like he was in Secret Window. But his Wario needs to be a bit life, more Luigi. Southern, <laughs> like his O brother, where art thou? I also feel we need Brad Garrett as Luigi. True, but now I just want Brad Garrett as the voice of Doctor Girlfriend hmm. in Adventure Brothers live action. You <laughs> should be Bowser. Actually, I want John Turturro, but I want him to play uh, the Jesus. Play it as the Jesus. <laughs> he should be you as, said it, man. He should be his Miller's Crossing character. Like, Bowser, you expect me to die out here like a dumb animal? Oh, God, Bowser. <laughs> Sorry, Miller's Crossing reference for no one. Yeah, I got it. Even Miller didn't get that mm. reference. Jesus Christ, you don't know. Never mind. Uh, someone read Alex Easter 8. Alex Easter 8 says, Matt Berry, uh, very little thought went into this, as you know. <laughs> yes. However, I can't stop thinking about Mario uh, irritably barking, Yes, I can hear you, King Bowser. <laughs> according, to, uh, according to Martinette and commenting on how Wario has so much charisma. Yeah. <laughs> yes. well, to be fair, there are bat enemies in the Mario games. Bat! Bat! Uh, at you old so-and-so says, in my opinion, there are all- these are the only choices for the new Mario and Luigi. This is the lost Nintendo sex ed tape. Hey, Paisano! What do you know about human sexuality? Puberty and STDs. What? <laughs> then you need a trip to Nintendo Land for a crash course in knowledge. Hey, come on in, Paisano. Whoa! <laughs> Nintendo Power. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, you want to go check that out? The Lost Nintendo Sex Ed Tape on YouTube. Uh, hey, Paisano! <laughs> Not offensive Jesus. at all. No, that, that was just like the Super Mario Super Show talking head going on about STDs. Hey, like, as, as an Italian-American, it's it's mostly weird to be woken out of the stoop like a... Like a am I not white? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm too concerned with those thoughts to like uh it, be, it depends be on offended. who you ask like a hundred years ago oh no my, my grandfather would fucking kill you if you said mm. wop to him whereas like my oh, yeah. friends say it to me all the time like ha 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 whatever but like yeah you know in brooklyn i might have stomped your throat in uh 20 years ago 30 years ago hmm Keep right, it we, going. We have another video answer from Full Install who says there is only one answer. Hey guys, it's Tom here again from YouTube channel Full Install. Uh, mm-hmm. I will apologize for my really long message last week, but I was very drunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just decided oh, not to delete it, so there we go. Anyway, this week's question <laughs> Who should voice Mario from now on? I mean, the obvious answer, of course, is Matt Berry, isn't it? I mean, who couldn't? Matt Berry voice. He could voice the Queen Mother from the grave if he wanted to. And his dialogue already exists out there as the perfect peach schmoozer. My lady is in distress, and I'm here to rescue her. But I'm not going to go with Matt Berry. (laughs) I'm going to have a slightly more interesting answer. I'm going to say Sigourney Weaver. Yes, that's right. (laughs) She can have uh, final encounters that sound like this. Get away from her, you Bowser. I mean, come on. If she can uh, play a 14-year-old in Avatar 2 and be convincing... She can do anything. She's got range. She's 74 years old and she's killing it. Samuel Jackson, also 74 years old. Two of the best uh, septuagenarian. Is that right? Actors out there? Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Honestly, Sigourney Weaver playing Mario. It's your language, man. Anyway, catch next time, guys. (laughs) What do you mean it's his language? He's English. He's British. Uh uh, Come on. He should know more than us, right? Don't we speak the bastardized English? Isn't that Latin or Greek or something? Mm. Sure. I want to reiterate matter. this once again, because like uh, Greg and I, where we worked, we got a lot of sweaty pitches from randos about like, here's, I created a new Mega Man Darkstalkers universe. Read my whole portfolio. <laughs> oh, um, that, this that was... did happen. And then um, I went back to Florida for one Christmas and a 10 year old said like, get this, <laughs> the Super Mario sister. And I was like, that's, that's done. That's brilliant. <laughs> like, what, like when with Gianna sisters or something yeah, like that, or uh, that's that's what I was thinking of. But mm-hmm. in but, a Nintendo game, like, why not introduce a female Italian? Like, uh, she wears a black dress and a hood over her head, has a faint mm-hmm. mustache. Uh, she sits at a checker tablecloth all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Press B to cross herself. I and look. I can say this, Michael. You're out of line. Hmm. You're, <laughs> you're out of line right now. Um, but I, I, yeah, I thought like this. I was also Mario, raised I, Catholic. I can say that. I, I still think like Venus de Milo was a hated turtle until it was incorporated into the group, and everyone loves it now. Like, uh, do they? I haven't seen a single in the piece comics, of Venus yeah. de Milo related anything. There's but. a female turtle in the comics that has been hey. for years. Okay. Um, yeah, but, like, why not? Why not a Mario sister, for fuck's sake? Why is That's there who only... the last Ronin is, isn't How it? many Koopas have there been? Why not one more Mario brother? That's a sister. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I can't. I, I can't get over it. Contingent on what's going on with the Super Mario mother and father. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Greg, you're brilliant. They would, the game would have to involve that, and I hate it. I and that's, by the way, though. Martinet would play the dad just like he mm-hmm. did in the movie. So that's yeah. his natural transition. Yep. Yes. I'm very disappointed you're growing into the trades. You listen <laughs> to too much of Michael Rowe. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I just love that scene. It's like, you don't leave a steady job for some crazy dream. What's the crazy dream? He wanted Being to go plumber. into business as a plumber. Yeah. For himself. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like one of the most reliable trades. Like people will always <laughs> yes. need plumbers in life. Don't throw your life away. You're 21 years old. <laughs> <laughs> With Canonically. Trade, like. <laughs> All right. So new question of the week. What game deserves the Karateka treatment next? Um, I'm going to say one that I think could realistically happen because... The uh, the creator of this series is a crazy billionaire who still lives, I think, in Texas. Uh, Ultima with uh, you, you. Like, I think if they were working on Ultima, they could totally get access to Richard Garriott, aka yeah. Lord British. There is a whole field of shit to mine before you even get to Ultima Online. I'm sure it's a fascinating story how Dude. this series came together. Like uh, I don't basically care how big invented of, modern computer RPGs. How big? I don't care how big of an Ultima fan you are. All of those old games are unplayable. Hmm. If the first one could, is still pretty good. If you could repackage them with him just talking about them, mm-hmm. all of us would play that and talk about it all day. We would yeah. have sound effects for years. Y'all be haters. Don't play my game. Would be said in game by a developer. <laughs> and. Uh, Dude, that's that's the best answer I think we're, we're going to get. I'm going to go with another one that I think realistically could happen. Frankly, I'm shocked it hasn't happened in some form. Or maybe it has and I'm not aware. Um, Mortal Kombat. Uh, Ed Boon is oh, still yeah. around. He still talks about those games all the time. The museums or the crypt, whatever, sorry, you've has had so many unlockables that basically could fill a museum in one of these type of games. It's a fascinating history and like – we need to honestly capitalize on it before Boone retires because it's he's not getting any Dude, younger. He's that... not an old. He's not that much older than us even. But it's just like he's been doing this for a long time. Was that was Dude, that Matt's answer? answer. Or you're, you're reading that because like yeah, he's that's the, my answer. He's the only person who's been involved from the beginning to now. They they talked actually to John Tobias in Karateka. They use him as a they source. Did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. His experience and what how so it inspired there you go. him. Can I give one big terrible take on that? Sure. They filmed him in his house, and it's just like, your nerd shit is pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a Cyrax statue behind him. I know, but that is it. Like, it's like, (laughs) did you just move in? Like, why didn't you put on a mat background of like a beach or something? It's his interview room, man. I'm sure he's got more. (laughs) Oh. Oh, like, you should have more nerd shit if you've been involved with Mortal Kombat at the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Put some samurai swords on the wall or something. For real. Who else? Chris, Greg? What do you um, I- I'm just going to give a blanket answer because I couldn't get a... I don't know that I've gotten a real one. Even out of friends I've talked to at D- Digital Eclipse, like uh, Greg and I worked at a Japanese company and they're they're notoriously skittish about talking about things and talking to people who used to work on games in every eighties game that I eighties, nineties game that I love. I think it's impossible. Prove me wrong. Hmm. Well, this is it. Prove me wrong. It, it seems like karate Ka had was unique in that this guy like journaled everything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, that, that, well, remember Kohler mentioned that he goes, 
It was it's weird true. that he obsessively journaled so much, but it was perfect for the documentary we were making. Like, yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's it, it it it's true, but like um, you know, like uh, Greg the the like the the Street Fighter. Like, who else is left at Capcom who's allowed to talk about Street Fighter? They all work at Dims. Oh, uh, they're all yeah, or they or freelance. But um, yeah, I mean, they'll talk about it. They're just they're, the question is, would they talk about it with Digital Eclipse for a video game interactive museum thing? Yeah, how Probably much would not. it cost? Um, yeah, it's, but it, didn't it's, Capcom hire Digital Eclipse to work on the 30th anniversary? That that was at least Frank Cifaldi was. Involved. Yeah, but no, nobody nobody Digital talked about the game, and no original developer was involved in it. Mm. Th- that happens yeah, all the time. Like, and they did the Mega Man collection, or is that Digital? I, I know Frank was involved in that, but um, there was. Yeah, they, it wasn't as in depth as what they uh, did the Disney Afternoon Collection for sure. Oh yeah, that too. Hmm. And uh, everyone who worked on that doesn't work there anymore, uh, especially the people who like who speak English. But your your answer was a non-answer. So just imagine it could happen, Chris. What one? Ja- so it sounds like you would hmm. want it to be a Japanese game. What game would you want it to be if it could happen? Um, you know what? Uh, I'll. I'll, I'll choose a controversial one because we've talked we had to talk about him a lot a long time ago and I never understood it uh what is Phil Fish doing and if he's like a, mm. a, a realtor or a postmaster Fez was really good I think he um, just sits yeah. on a giant pile of money and throws it in the air and cackles like all day every day he's not he's not he doesn't have pretty fast bear money <laughs> I'm kidding um yeah, he's I not don't think notch. he does. Come on. But then, like you know, like if someone gave me two million dollars, you would never hear from me again. Never, <laughs> mm. I'd be gone. That's kind of so sad. It, that, that's all. It's, <laughs> why? Why? What would you like? What would you work like? No, what? What a to disease work. to like. Uh, oh, yeah, I have to go to work every day. And like, really? You could jerk off or jog or like what what the fuck like why would you go to work well you could still check in with us while you're doing those things (laughs) i would check in with you guys but i don't know that i would publicly care about my opinion which i don't (laughs) now Um, (laughs) it's like yeah he's got fuck you money he's just masturbating on every video call it's (laughs) terrible (laughs) he's a very hard on patreon if you do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you got a patreon at the 50 dollar level he'll pan the camera down uh, yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yep, you can see his toadstool. <laughs> Jesus! Did Gray give an answer? I, I'll just slip it in. I I was thinking at uh, another world, just because it's it's a lot like karate. Oh, yeah. I I feel like that but, one is inevitable. Like, yeah, that that one gets talked about so much, so glowingly. It's such an important part of like the early nineties in game development. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I just, yeah. I, I don't want this format to be associated with just, I'll say it, white people who own their own game. <laughs> mm. Like, uh, mm. and I that, bet you could do some LucasArts stuff with like a Tim Schafer. I bet he could do like a full throttle or stuff. Like there are people, right, it would like, have to be like a studio who is defunct you're that you're talking about their thing now, you know? Like, yeah. Where they're not, they're not like, worried about their boss firing them for what they say at the end of this or like we have a limited contract with konami i don't know if i can talk about goddamn castlevania bloodlines uh but but, like i think that's the limitation these guys run up against and i I, i've never been able to get a definitive answer out of like is 
Is this gonna happen? Because I want to hear from these people. I do. Yeah. If if, um, no, if none of that's like if real, the practicality or like likelihood of this actually happening doesn't matter. I would probably say Strider because mm. it was. Just I was gonna weird. say Strider. Oh. I was gonna say Strider or Ninja Gaiden. Like both of those to me, especially because they're very similar in that they have completely different arcade versions from the home ports. Yeah. Like I wanna. I want to understand how they approach those ports, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the, the only and, and, and credit to Jeremy Parrish. He's like the only guy I've ever known who like makes it a point to interview these people individually in Japan with a with a translator. Yeah. It's hard work and um m- might not be cost effective. So I don't like my, remember I told you my favorite thing on Disney Plus was um that there was a, a series called Marvel uh, 616 about a six-episode documentary about different things in the Marvel Universe. They mm-hmm. did a Japanese Spider-Man thing. Amazing. I watched it two or three times a year. Disney Plus just threw it away. Threw it away. You can't watch it anymore. It's Sean Connery's favorite series. Why would you throw that away? Spider-Man. In, yeah, in Spider-Man. <laughs> You've never seen more spit when I describe Spider-Man in Shinjuku. No, like <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, all right. Uh, well, what uh, game do you think deserves the making of Karateka Gold Series treatment? Let us know. Go to uh, the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or just ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. And we will collect and read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Greg, once again, thank you so much for joining us thank you. this late at night. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's like almost 3 a.m. over there, yeah. but real quick, where can people find you oh, once you've done, once you're awake again? It's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's weird because I'm not streaming lately or really even tweeting, but no, when I am, I'm at Lacquer Leaks on Twitter. <laughs> um, and, this is um, the most Greg answer I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lacquerware on Twitch. I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know if I'll be back, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. I mean, not, not on the show. I, I'd love to come back on the show. I just oh, okay. need Greg, to Greg, I'm <laughs> yeah, with no, you a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah, it's just supported. A, once you take a hiatus, it, mm-hmm. many, it's hard to come back. Yeah. It's a young man's game. Mm-hmm. We're not getting any younger. No. Uh, Chris, yeah. and the, and Matt, the website, we the website's not coming back unless like a bunch of other Patreons come back. So I'm not paying two grand to bring that shit back online. The hosting people have been awful for years. I think we can all agree on that. There's nothing I love more than permanent comments on website that's that don't disappear into other social media feeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're going to see a, a bunch of mom and pop websites are going to have to go away. And because uh, there's too many spammers, it costs too much and ev- the price of everything is going up. So yeah, uh, I don't know what we're supposed to do about the website, but patreoncom slash laser time. I mean, like there's trees down everywhere and my cats in a, you, you, I'm I'm just evaluating things differently right now, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. make Chris's dream a reality. He wants to be a bicycle riding, chainsaw wielding, uh, <laughs> dog 
saver in Florida? Yeah, the- that'd be great. <laughs> That's the career. You know what? Living the dream. Way better benefits than doing this shit for a living. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. As always, you can visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Uh, follow us to to get a feed going. Uh, I'm going to try to get us onto Bisky and Threads and some of these other socials. Bisky. You know what Bisky Look is. Look forward to not being oh, answered. Blue sky. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, always spread spread the word. Uh, and I, as always, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparaz. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. I'm boring everybody again. I can't even see the thing. I know Greg is yawning and wants to. I'm not. I thought I saw a bug. It was a shadow.